Hello, I'm RJ City, and you are listening to the Monster Cast. You're going to talk about Bela Lugosi. They're going to talk about Lon Chaney Jr. He'd be so sad, holding his hat, saying, please put me in this room and don't unlock the door. And you can't do any better than the Doll Brothers. Jack and Ryan, they're brothers, but they're also bros. Uh, what? Pardon? Wrestling. Well, who the hell wants to talk about wrestling? These are horror movies. It's, it's the deep genre. It's a smart genre. Fantastic actors. Fantastic cinematography. Wrestling is just sweating and fireworks and bouncy ropes. There's nothing. So how can you talk about that every week? All right. Let's see them try. Take it away, you crazy dolls. You. Jesus, no. fuck. Fuck my fucking ass. What the fuck? Please shut up. No. <laughs> Master Watto is shut up. You're gonna put some respect Stop fucking on his name saying now. Master Watto on this fucking show. IW GP Junior Heavyweight Co-Champion. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful here. You're watching the Monster Cast with Jack and Ryan. A big shout out to those fellas. Good people. Check them out. It, oh my eyes. god, what uh, is this? It looks like a TV. The New Japan titles, they need to stop it making titles. like a TV, bro. They took it too literally. That's the problem. <laughs> they should have just turned it into a TV. I would have been more impressed. That would have been cooler. <laughs> Put some antennas on the top. No, the just make it like a digital title. Like, it, you could display whatever you want on, on the digital Oh, like title. an LCD screen? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then have the picture of the person that's the champ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be so good. Oh, fuck. That'd be that'd be worth it. Wrestling podcast. How fucking original. Jake and Brian. Brandon Cutler here from AEW, and I hope you guys have an awesome podcast with the Monster Cast. What? What was that? Your name is Jack and Ryan. Shut up, Jack and Ryan. Tell me mm -hmm. who you would sign first. Hiroshi Tanahashi. No, not overall, genius. Between the two goddamn examples, I'm gonna give you. Master Wada. Killer Cross <laughs> or Dominic Dijakovic? Who are you signing first? Killer Cross. Killer Cross. 100%. What the fuck? Absolutely. Wrong. That no, answer is wrong. I would. Oh my god. You don't know shit. Your opinions suck. I guess I should. I mean. You're welcome. See, I'll I, do it, but sure. I, I, I don't think I've ever said boo. <laughs> I will. That's so stupid. I'll do it. Boo. 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 You can't. Don't actually say the word because that's why it sounds weird. You got it. It's like more like a note. Boo. You don't fucking actually say boo. 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 Ah. Boo. <laughs> boo. You don't turn it into a fucking chant. You actually have to. Do I will. <laughs> I'm gonna do that at Forbidden Door. You start a boo chant. Boo. 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 Here's your host of the Monster Cast, the Straight Edge Monster Jack and Ryan. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Happy Halloween and welcome to the 30th full episode of this year. I'm the Straight Edge Monster Jack as Jushin Thunder Liger today. That over there is Ryan, and uh, yeah, this is our fourth year doing the show, and our 
uh, first one doing it here on YouTube. We are very close to our fifth annual Monster Awards coming up in December. And also, before we get started here, for every new subscriber on YouTube for the month of October, we will be shaking the eight ball that happens next week on the show. That will be happening, so we got a week left. Um, so, some of November, obviously. As well, I will shake the eight ball and we will donate an item to the local Humane Society to help out cats, dogs, and the employees as much as we can. We are up to 159. That's 23 items right now. So, subscribe now and you'll be helping out some animals at the same time. And it's free. So, what do you got to lose? You get to watch two white dudes talk about professional wrestling. So, who doesn't love that? That's like every podcast, right? First of all, I identify as Native American. No, fuck oh. no. Oh, I'm way okay. more like I understand that's oh, we're genetically true, but no, I genetically am. we are Native American. I'm fucking translucent, because I have not gone outside in forever. I'm looking a lot more Native American right now than you are with this <laughs> Liger mask on. I'll just let you know the hair. Uh, the hair is not as thick and full as Liger's. But it, it works. As long as you got this, that is my hair. It's not, it didn't come with the mask. And it is signed by Liger too, so I don't like to wear this too often. I think I've worn it on the show before once. Um, and I'm rocking the Liger shirt, obviously, to go with it. Speaking of, let's talk about my shoes today. Um, I was going to wear my Captain America shoes. They are from uh, fucking Reebok, I think. I think it's Reebok. No, Adidas. Adidas. Uh, Adidas came out with a thing um, for the first Avengers, um, not in-game, but uh, the first part of that. What the fuck was the first one called? Infinity War. Mm. All right, so they came out with a, this huge fucking, I think it was the first one. It might have been in-game. It was one of the two. It might have been in-game, where they they did a cross-promotion with a bunch of Marvel shoes, and I went out and bought every single pair of Marvel shoes. Uh, because that's when I had two jobs and I could just do that. So, one of them was Thor, and the, that's what I'm wearing today. I couldn't find the Captain America ones in time because, you know, I've got so many to go through. Here's the Thor ones. I believe these are marquee boosts, I believe is what they're called. Um, but these are the Thor ones. They still match. It's got the red, it's got black, it's got gray, silver, whatever. Got a little bit of yellow in there as well. Um, these are the Thors. Uh, last week when I, we talked about how comfortable the Kobe's were. Yeah. This is the top two. This is cloud, like a cloud foam shit on the bottom or some shit. This is, uh, this is top one or two. This is, these are very comfortable. Christina loves Thor, but hates these shoes for some reason. I don't know why she hates them. It's even got the cool hammer. Oh, I didn't show that. I don't know if I can pick that up or not. Cause it's shiny and metallic, but that's the more near hammer on the tongue. It's pretty sick too. But, these are very fucking comfortable shoes. Very. Actually, most of the uh, most of the crossover ones were. I got the the Dame Black Panthers, the Tracy McGrady Nick Furies, the Harden Iron Mans. Um, and then whatever the hell the Captain America ones are called. But anyway, those are the shoes. I also picked up this sweet bad boy this week. This is the Samoa Joe Target exclusive figure. Got my hands on him finally. They had the tag up there last time I went to Target, but none of them were up there, so I don't know if they just didn't have them in yet because they had a shit ton of them in this time. 
So I made sure I got the best looking one, and then hopefully I uh, don't drop it on the stone floor. And I also picked up another blaster box of AEW metal cards. They didn't have them in the actual card section, so I was pissed because I was like, oh man, I, they're not going to get them back in. Because they didn't even have the tag up, up for them anymore. When I went to go get the check to see if they had the Samojo figure, on one of the shelves, they somebody had hid two boxes of this. So I, only gra- I only grabbed one of them, but um, one definitely felt heavier to me than the other, so we picked up the heavier one. Um, so we'll see if it was just a security tag on the inside or if it's actually like it's got more metal cards in it. A cool card you know, in there. There's a they used to do for some of the the mystery minifigures or whatever, where because they are slightly different like that, people would go bring like weed scales in and just fucking weigh them to try to figure out what figure it was before they would. Uh, grab it or bring it home or whatever yeah people weigh pokemon packs all the time because the foil cards weigh more or whatever so a lot of times on ebay if you're buying an old set and you're spending 200 dollars for a pack of cards they will literally say unweighed unweighted Mm -hmm. stuff like that so that you think that you're getting something that was unweighted but Um, but if they know if they know enough to know that that's a thing though and they're still selling it you know goddamn well they've already weighed it yeah they they Definitely probably weighed it, but it's whatever. Um, I don't fall for that, so I'm not worried about it. Speaking of cards, though, uh, Christina's mom, for my birthday, not only did she get me an actual Super Nintendo, because I don't have the actual Super Nintendo, I just got the um, I've got the Super Boy, which you can play handheld or turn it into a Super Nintendo, which is very convenient. But it's nice mm-hmm. to have the actual Super Nintendo as well. She got me a Super Nintendo, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about cards here. So I thought it was great because she went to another spot and picked me up... Uh, the old wax Batman cards that were still in the pack. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I got like eight packs of them or something like that. They were all still wrapped up, and I was like, yep, I want all of them. FaceTime me, he's like, hey, do you know anything about these? Do you want these? I was like, uh, are they wrapped? And then she was like, yeah. And I was like, I want all of them, every single one of them that they have. So I think there was eight of them in total. She was like, you want the loose ones too? I was like, nope, I just want the, I just want the wrapped ones. You know, fuck about the loose ones. Um... So that was, that was cool, ones. too. That's been a crazy week for me with picks up, pickups. I also, it's over there, so I'm not going to get up and get it. But mm. I also got the, um, there's a Creature from the Black Lagoon figure that I picked up from Target, too, that cost me like 35 bucks, and it is fucking sick. Um, as soon as I saw it, I was like, okay, I was already mad at Christina because we kept walking around fucking Target, and I told her, let's get what the fuck I came in here for and get out. She got her Starbucks. I got my cards. I already didn't think I was going to get the cards, so I was already mad because I got the Joe figure, right? I was like, okay, I saved some money. I saved 30 bucks on the cards. Now, now I've got three, so this is $90 sitting here. Because on the show, either last week or the week before, you know, we said that I picked up the two, and I didn't know what I wanted to do with them. So now I've got three sitting there, okay? So then I found two more packs, or two more boxes, and I grabbed another box. So that's the $30 right there that I thought I saved myself that I didn't. The Samoa mm. Joe figure is 20. I'm fucking walking around and there's an end cap over there with more Samoa Joe figures on it, which actually ended up being good because the one I had had a little ding on it. Mm. So there was another peg of them on an end cap and I, that's when I went started going through all of them and picked out the best looking one. But then at the bottom of that end cap, because it was just a random ass end cap of, I guess, new shit that they had in, was fucking like four Creature from the Black Lagoon figures we sell the Universal Monster figures at where I work, but we haven't got the Creature from the Black Lagoon in. So I was like, oh, fuck it, I gotta get this, because he's my favorite Universal Monster. Halloween time, all this stuff going on. So I grabbed that, too. 
So what is the what are they selling that for? Is it just it's Halloween? So here's a fucking monster. Like, what's the are they doing a movie or something? No, I highly doubt it. They've been talking about it. They've been talking about well, the mummy that new mummy movie that fucking bombed with Tom Cruise was supposed to be the start of the Universal monster, like the the rebranding of it, and they were gonna have like the kind of like what Marvel is doing and what DC can't ever seem to do with the crossover mm-hmm. movies and shit. And it was supposed to be its own universe, the monster universe. Um, but the mummy bombed so hard that I guess they just scrapped the whole thing and either gonna try it again in a couple years and say that one never existed. Like days of future pass, or I don't, I don't know how, they, I don't know how they're gonna do that, but we'll see. There have been times in, in the movie industry where they were talking about doing an updated version of Creature from the Black Lagoon throughout the years, but it just never, it just never stuck or didn't make it through. The problem is the story is just not very interesting. I mean, it's if you look at, I, mean, I just bought on Vudu, which is uh, owned by Fandango now. If Anyone that's completely, um, I've had I've talked about this on Twitter on our Real Monster Cast, which you can follow us on X right there. You can see it at the bottom of my uh, webcam. Uh, I've talked about this before. Like a lot of people bitching about all these streaming services raising the prices all the time, and I get it. Trust me, I get it. Netflix is about to raise it again, and they can't even produce any new fucking content, and they're going to raise it on you guys. So i'm been i've been expanding my voodoo library because you can just buy whatever the fuck you want they have sales every week just go through their sales just go through their fucking five dollar sales pick out a few movies that you like eventually over time you're gonna build up enough of a library the only thing that you have to worry about is then the streaming services that offer live sports or something like that you know mm-hmm. that's the only ones you would have to worry about so like eventually i'm hoping to get to a a point where i have voodoo peacock and your sling and that's it and I don't need anything else because they'll have, I mean, they don't have a lot of stuff on there. They have a vast, vast list of shit. But like, like for instance, Wednesday, Wednesday on Netflix is still going on. So they're not going to sell that out to other people and let people use that to buy. Right. But for right. instance, Rob Zombie's The Monsters is on there, even though that's a Netflix movie. So like, because Wednesday, like when Wednesday ends, that'll be available to be on there. Game of Thrones is on there. That would that's on HBO Max, yes. But do I want to pay eighteen dollars for? And that's the only other one I would keep if AEW goes on it. By the way, so if AEW goes on there, obviously I'm keeping that too. But like Paramount Plus, I don't need any more once I get it to where I want to get it. But anyway, monster movies were on sale because it was Halloween. Obviously, um, shout out to anybody that's going out tonight because a lot of obviously the Halloween parties will be tonight. But I bought. Um, I already had. Huh. A lot of them were last night. Yeah, that too. Hall- oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Halloween, um, Halloween movies obviously were on sale for Voodoo. Um, got all the old school monster movies for five bucks a piece. I already had Creature from the Black Lagoon a long time ago, a couple years ago. I bought it on Voodoo because, like I said, that's my favorite one. But I got Dracula, I got Mummy, I got Frankenstein, and I got Wolfman, all for five bucks a piece. So I'm just missing Bride of Stein, and then there's like a few in between ones that I need, like. Um, Son of Frankenstein, I think, or whatever. That also got really good ratings on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that. But if you go back to those old movies, it's going to be super hard to do, even if you want to make a new expanded universe of those, it's going to be very hard because they got such good reviews in the 40s and 50s that it's almost like there's no way you can compete with that. Like Those movies still hold up, even in black and white. Like Frankenstein is really fucking good. Creature of Black Lagoon, I love that fucking movie. Love it. 
I doubt they would try to keep the same continuity from shit from the 50s. Abbott and, uh, Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein. I want that movie too. It's on there, but um, it's not $5 yet. I want it to be $5. But I heard that's one of their better movies. Um, and I love Abbott and Costello. I think Abbott and Costello are way funnier than the Three Stooges, which uh, a lot of people love Three Stooges, but I think Abbott and Costello are funnier. Anyway, that's our uh, Halloween talk for the show. <laughs> yeah, I guess. that's. Well, speaking of Halloween, though, Halloween Havoc happened. Yeah. Um, happened and uh let's let's go ahead and bring up the hot tag topics here mm. is lexus king one of them no actually hmm. i mean yeah. we can talk about it oh you're you're getting covered up by the pop and i'm not all right so anyway um didn't uh didn't look at that but it'll be all right Anyway, so no, let's. I mean, we can talk about it if you want, but my main thing is let's throw it up there. Is the Lyra Vicuria beating Becky Lynch, obviously, for the NXT Women's Championship? And we're going to discuss if that was the right choice um, right now. So we'll talk about that. And then if you want to get into something else from the show, we can talk about that. Um, but that's this is the main thing I took from the show. I mean, I watched the show, it was a decent match. It was uh, it was not as good as the Tiffany Stratton match, um, which is why I thought it was weird that she just dropped it to another face. I won't, yeah. I don't know. I won't say she's the wrong choice, but it doesn't really make any sense to make a lateral movement to a lesser known uh, baby face that hasn't so picked up any huge wins in NXT. Yeah. Um, they could be trying to do the the hot shot kind of thing where you bring in somebody that doesn't really have that much going right now. They haven't really been doing that much with her and just give her the big win to make her more important out of the jump. Like that's Yeah, correct. Because like strategy. who's your big face in the division? Yeah. I because mean, Roxanne Perez ones. hasn't done anything since she dropped the title. Indy Hartwell got injured and then got called up to the main roster simultaneously and had dropped the title. Who who's the big faces in the division? Blair Davenport is in a is in the middle of a thing with Gigi Dolan. So Gigi Dolan would be the face. She's being taken up. And then of course JC Jane is in a um in a story with uh Thea Hale. So mm. like you I mean, and I it's a good problem to have for NXT for somebody that has a one two hour show every fucking week and they don't even have a pay per view every month. For them to have yeah. that many women's storylines going on at the same time, it's pretty impressive. But uh I guess their hands were kind of tied with who they would would be able to drop it to. But my problem is, is the two women that you have to drop it to, why wouldn't you drop it to the heel? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it, it does just seem like... It almost seems like the main roster people got tired of Becky being down there and were like, hey, figure something out. Like, we're about, we're about to use her for something again. That's, that's sort of the vibe it gave me because it wasn't really like a lot of story going into that match word enough to have her beat Becky. So that's... To me, it just feels like sort of a last-minute change to uh, pull her back up. So the other, the other thing you're talking about hot shotting. I think the actual hot shot's probably going to come in with Jade Cargill, who's going to take it off of Lyra out the gate. And they didn't want to have her beat Becky because Becky. Becky's a main roster star. So instead of dropping it to Tiffany Stratton, which I still think they should have done, and then have Tiffany drop it at whatever the next pay per view is to Lyra, and then have Jade Cargill come in and take it off of Lyra, that would have made more sense to me. Um, than what they're doing. So Becky's just going to hand it off. It's basically like a quarterback handling a really good quarterback, like Aaron mm -hmm. Rodgers, 
Handing it off to a, or not, not Aaron Rodgers because he actually has two really good quarterback or running backs right now. It would be like Tom Brady when he was playing. I can't name any of fucking Tom Brady's running backs off the top of my head. Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, handing it off to somebody that no one really knows and then them fumbling it right away. So she's going to go in there, have a couple, a couple good matches about no one ever actually thinks she's going to lose those matches. And then Jay just comes in and steamrolls her. That's what's going to end up happening, right? Um, well, Assuming that the... they put Jade on NXT, which I think they're going to do because of what happened on Halloween Havoc when she came out in her own chair. But do you okay? But do you bring her in as a heel? Because that's that seems weird. That's a great question. That's a great question, and I think they will, because everybody that she's having face-offs with have been faces. Yeah, but I feel like the crowd is not going to be inclined to boo her right out of the gate, right? Like why would uh, that's you, true, why would but you they didn't do that, do that with your... Samoa Joe or Kevin Owens either, and they still ended up hating him by the end of it. I think you just got to hit. You just got to play the right angle at the end of the match. That's all you got to do. I guess. I don't. Know. I don't like it. I, I think it'll be either. hilarious if they pull like a Razor Ramon one two three kid situation where Jade comes in there. You think she's going to destroy somebody? And she gets rolled up and gets surprised and be like, "Nah, bitch, uh, that shit ain't gonna work here." That'd be funny. I don't. I mean, they're not going to do that, but that would be hilarious yeah. to me. That would be a no. It would be great. Use is money. you're not going to be like that. Would send the send the message. Hey, she's not going to be fucking undefeated here out the mm. gate, but then you could have her go on a massive tear right after that, though. You get what I'm saying? Like, that would piss her off to the point where, like, okay, that shit's not happening again. And you could actually probably build her into an even bigger star out of that because it would be a different story. Instead of her just coming in and doing, like, the Asuka thing, where she's just beating everybody and undefeated at NXT. We already saw that story in AEW. Why would we want to see it over in WWE? So I, I actually don't mind that idea if they went with it. That would be kind of funny. I and it, it would have to be something where, it would have to be, like, the champion Lyra, obviously. So... You come in, you fucking, you beat, you lose the Lyra out the gate as she's the champion, and then you de- you destroy her the next time type deal. Kind of like the yeah. uh, Cody Rhodes, Brody Lee type shit. Mm-hmm. Except backwards, I guess. Because Brody Lee destroyed Cody first, and then Cody first. came back and beat him. Yeah. Um, or the way that Chad Gable is going to end up beating Gunther. Yeah, that's not <laughs> happening. Who do, you think, who do you think they have to take it off them? I'll talk about that a little bit later, actually, um, because it kind of ties into w- with one of the stories later. So we'll talk about that. Okay. All right. So we don't think Lyra is bad. We just don't know if she was the right choice to win it from Becky. Correct? Yeah. It's it's not a it's not about her necessarily. It's just it didn't seem like there's a lot of build going into it, and it almost it it's so weirdly out of place that it almost it's too transparent that something else is happening. It was also weird because there was a lot of other people because they were kind of doing the MJF storyline right they're doing right now where all these people were trying to go after Becky and wanted the title shots right. and never got them because she right. dropped it. So you got Zia Lee out there. You got Tegan Knox out there. Natalia was involved in that loosely through Tegan, of course. Then you got Jade was sitting out there watching the match and went face to face with Becky before like a week before that. And then you just drop it to Lyra. Huh? Well, we can't all be Orange Cassidy, so... You know, some people can only head, take though. on so many challengers. All right. All right. Now we can move on and talk about the rest of the show if you would like. If you would like to talk about the special edition chairs that all the wrestlers are getting now down in NXT that I guess <laughs> they're just converting all the Bray Wyatt chairs into. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Or the or the Triple H thrones or whatever the fuck they're converting into these chairs. What a, mm-hmm. Jade had her own huge black like um 
I was gonna say like a Game of Thrones, but it wasn't Game of Thrones. It was more like a Beauty and the Beast type chair, but it was black. It was like just yeah. huge like mansion type chair. And then of course you had the you had the sliding out chair, the uh the one that goes up and down the stairs for old people, but it'll go straight across <laughs> for um yeah. for Brian Pillman Jr. or Alexis King. Alexis uh, King. I'm I friend of the show. Sure. Loves uh loves fifty cent, but I'm not Okay. I feel like he's in the I'm not I'm not gonna shit on Brian Pillman Jr. on the show. We already know he's been on the show. Um I think he's a good dude. I think he's just young and not really hip to the business yet. Um what, twenty six now? Yeah, he well no, he's I think he's older than that. Is he older than that? I'm pretty sure he's older than that. I wanna say he's almost thirty, if not twenty nine. Oh shit, he is thirty. Yeah, thirty. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. but anyway, is uh, he young then for wrestling? When you have dudes coming yes. in at fucking eighteen now, that's true. But you are also pushing a forty-year-old dude as LA Knight is like this big new phenomenon. So yes, ten years younger okay. than him. Okay. Yes, you also had Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura come up through NXT at old ass ages. So yes, um. That's different. Anyway, well, you're just saying if it, you ask me if he's if he's considered young, I am saying yes. But no, no, the difference with Shinsuke is that Shinsuke is like very accomplished beforehand. So I don't think that's I think that's a weird comparison. I don't think it's a weird comparison because he should. The weird comparison would be why the fuck was Shinsuke ever in NXT to begin with? Oh, we've asked. That I think if before. I think if Shinsuke and Samojo can go to NXT at their ages and they wasted two years of their fucking careers down there, then I think yes, Brian Pillman Jr. is still considered young and he has plenty of time to get up to the main roster and do whatever. The problem with the Lexus King character, I think, is it reminds me of the old Legends of the Roundtable episode where DDP was on there, and he was talking about how he was, like, trying 18 gimmicks at once. Yeah. That's what this reminds me of. He's, like he's trying to be, fucking... like, the early DDP, where he's chewing gum and smoking a cigar at the same time, and has got diamonds, and coming out to the ring in a car... And has a catchphrase, like and has the hand like signal. He's like a circus guy, a gambling guy, a fucking carnival guy, a race car guy a little bit. Like, there's a lot of weird shit going on. Um, and a little a little hint of Tiger King. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it's like Tiger King. He <laughs> is a little bit like Tiger King. It's a little so weird. So I don't know what it's supposed to be. Um, and he doesn't... Uh, what if they looks... pull the Black Scorpion shit on where he comes out with a lion or the tiger in the cage or whatever? One of his entrances. I think what I think what fucks with me about it is he looks like a guy dressing up as a guy. He doesn't look like that's the guy. If if that makes sense, like no, he, he has. To, I mean, I think his look. He has the look of a wrestler, but his personality is not fitting that look. Yeah, that's what I mean. It looks like he's dressing. It looks like he's dressing up as a character, and not that he is the character. Well, so I'm like, not saying he see... couldn't be that character or couldn't have that swag. He just doesn't have it right now. Which hurts, though, right? Because, like... Correct, we, we it look does at, hurt. When we look at, like... Nobody's saying that about Roman Reigns. You could say that about big dog Roman Reigns, like, fucking six years ago or whatever, right? But when you look at Roman Reigns now, nobody's like... You're not so taken out of your suspension of disbelief, like, watching him talk or, like, watching him walk down to the uh, ring I or watching him... Okay, so that... I think the big dog Roman Reigns is more of... of a slight... That should be held on the responsibility of Vince feeding the lines to the announcers because he's really that same character as the tribal chief. 
It's just that he, they were trying to push him as a face with that character, and he should have been a heel that whole time because he came out, that, especially at the night after he beat Undertaker at WrestleMania. And he said, this is my yard now. And he was still supposed to be a face, by the way, at that time. He was still the big dog at that time. He was coming off as a heel in those promos, but they were pushing him as a face, even though he was getting booed. So I I think he's still pretty much that same character. They just changed it from big dog to tribal chief. And then, of course, he got the the mouthpiece for uh, Paul Heyman as well. Do you think that... That's a little bit revision, though, because he wasn't being booed because of the character work. He was being booed because of the pushing. So it's a little different. No, I, I, I have, I have no doubt in my mind that it was from both. I will say that it's also from the pushing, obviously, but he's still getting pushed that same way now too. So, so it wasn't the pushing. Okay, maybe. Um, I think the, I think the biggest problem when I look at like Lexus King to get back on topic is that. Well, I, well let me just ask you this about Roman, mm-hmm. right quick. When, every, when he was getting pushed to the moon as the baby face, big dog bullshit, and they're feeding that shit to us, and he's getting booed, right? Mm-hmm. Has, not, has any one person, besides the Cody WrestleMania thing, ever been like, oh, he should have dropped the title there. Roman needs to keep winning. That's not, that's mean, not been the discourse since he's turned heel, which is why he should have been healed the whole time. The McIntyre match, maybe. Eh, Clash of the Castle, maybe. But I don't think they'll ever let him lose the title overseas. That's, that's going to be in front match. of an American audience, yeah. Just because, well, maybe now because Vince isn't in charge anymore. Who knows what'll happen, but. The Sami Zayn match, the McIntyre match. And um, I, don't, I mean, the Sami Zayn match because they were in Montreal. Those fans there, yes, for sure wanted it. I legit thought there was going to be a riot on our hands, but I knew going in that he wasn't winning it. Yeah. Um, I would just say that's one of those times where, like, they had the opportunity to strike while that was hot and didn't. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's it's it's definitely not many times, but I can I can think of a couple. Yeah, it ain't gonna be hot enough for to pull the trigger on L.A. Night in Saudi either. That's not gonna happen. Yeah. Um. Do you think that? Hmm. Do you think that turns into another stupid fucking clusterfuck ending with a bunch of interference and boring shit? Because probably it'll probably be something that it'll probably be something that's a launch pad for the Survivor Series match. A lot of people coming out there, and then like Bloodline versus whoever. I think John Cena's in Survivor Series. Yes, because John Cena's fighting Solo Sokoa at that show, I believe. Oh, is he? Uh, I mean, the Survivor Series team, but I didn't know he was actually having a singles match. He's having a match at Saudi Arabia, yes, against Solo. Oh, I thought you meant it was already booked for Survivor Series. Oh, no, no, they haven't booked anything for Survivor Series. Nobody knows what the hell's going on for Survivor Series yet. So, yeah, maybe John Cena in Survivor Series. Might be his last one. We'll see. All right, so going back to your Lexus King talk. Yeah, it's like he... Watching him play the character takes me out of my suspension of disbelief because I and it's not like because we've talked to him it's not because like I've seen him in AEW it's, it's none of that it's just like even in a vacuum if I were to if I were to watch him play that character I'm too aware that he's playing a character that's why it doesn't work for me because he, he looks so out of place trying to play it like it's it's very clearly like a dude in, in a costume being a guy and it's not just the guy I think it's weird because it's also the way that the character has been portrayed as, hey, I'm trying to get out of my dad's shadow, that you come out and you look exactly like your dad, though. And then you keep talking about him. That's fucking weird. 
If, if, you're, if your whole angle is like, yeah, I want to get out of my dad's shadow and be my own man, stop fucking bringing him up. Just do that Can the I one time. Can I ask a question, though? Because the vignette that he had, which I thought was well done, mm-hmm. I praised it on the show, but if you start thinking about it, it doesn't really make any sense either because the dialogue in it is, I was four years old when he passed away. I don't know him. So why are you in his shadow then? Well, in the industry, he's still in his shadow. But not really, though. Um, I mean, if he's named Brian Pillman Jr., you're never not going to associate him with what Brian Pillman did. Right? Oh, that explains the name change. Yes, I agree. But that doesn't explain why you still act like him, dress like him, come out looking like him, do the same mannerisms as him. That's, that's just genetics. Come on, man. <laughs> but if he's just playing that's... a wrestler and he doesn't go anything, why isn't he trying to do other moves that Brian Pillman Jr. never did or Brian Pillman never did? Oh, by the I way, mean, he might. By the way, uh, Lexus King, the guy I'm dressed up as right now, beat your dad's ass multiple times mm. in WCW, baby. Let's fucking go. Take, Liger! Um, that's true. Jushin Thunder Liger! And fucking, uh, also he actually, I believe, when he was on our show, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. said that he had a tag team match against Liger or with Liger or something like that, too. So that was pretty cool. They never had a one-on-one, but they had a tag team match or something like that together. I vaguely remember that. I'm more that would have been really cool to have an AEW, though. A lie. Uh, yeah, I mean... It was always, like, the opening match, too, in WCW, and, like, everybody's like, what the hell's this? And then by the end of it, everybody's like, fucking, like, holy shit, what was that what that we just watched? That was crazy. Well, 15 minute match. Early. Yeah, 15-minute yeah, match that no one ever seen. And, and that's before Bischoff started getting the Rey Mysterios and Psychosis and shit like that, too. So that was pretty fucking cool. Um, all right. Let's move on to your favorite. Master Wado. CM Punk oh. says no thank you to Impact Wrestling. And apparently they offered him a contract. He was backstage at Bound for Glory which we talked about on the show last week. We talked about Bound for Glory and the review and them going back to TNA and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently they did offer um, to bring his services in, and he said, no, thank you. There is also rumors still that he'll show, show up in Chicago at Survivor Series, and now there's this groundswell, and I don't think anyone's really taking it seriously, but everybody's like, what if the devil was CM Punk the entire time in, a- in the AEW storyline? Which would be like the biggest swerve in wrestling history, I think. Or up there. Definitely in the top three. There's somebody else that got mentioned that I thought was interesting too, and I don't even remember who the fuck it was. Damn. My issue with the punk thing is I don't know who the fourth person would be. It would obviously be punk and FTR beating up Jay White. But who would that fourth person be? There was actually three people beating him up, and then you go off to the okay. side, and that's when the devil one guy of, was. One of them was clearly fucking Roderick Strong. He had the goddamn neck brace on underneath the mask. I'm just saying, okay. bro. I'm just saying. The shit is, the shit is great. And the, the best thing about this storyline is they can change it however the fuck they want at any time, and you'll never, you can't ever say shit about it. It's like the Black Scorpion that we were talking about. I can't. Last they week. try to say it's Luchasaurus, and I look back at that footage, and he's oh, fucking like. Oh yeah, that's like, true. But you could, we could, shorter. we said the same shit about Retribution too. But that that didn't last very long. There was, there was clearly not those guys in Retribution either. <laughs> <laughs> well, fucking T Bar and Mace, fucking huge ass motherfuckers, were not back there beating the shit out of people. That was yeah. regular dudes. I think it came out later who was who under that under the masks, but I don't remember any of them now. Um. All right. So, but the question here is: Is CM Punk politely turns down? Um, impacts offer uh, 
and he goes backstage for Bound for Glory. If you're CM Punk and you're hell bent on wrestling again, where do you go at this point? Because if you go to WWE, you look, you're looked at as the biggest hypocrite of all time, even by your own fans. You're turning down Impact. You're definitely not going to go to NWA. I don't give a fuck what Billy Corgan says nice things about you online. That's not happening. You literally said in your tweet to Punk that, yeah, we can't pay you what you're worth, but you, if you want to have some fun. No, that's not what? He's he doesn't care about the money, but you're not gonna get him for free. You know what I'm saying? Like that's come to the hot dog fuck? and a handshake, son. Yeah, hot dog and a handshake. Exactly. Come pay your dues so, on the indies. <laughs> so if you're hell bent and we don't think his body can hold up in New Japan, nor that he would want to go over there for an extended period of time, what do you do if you're punk? Uh, retire gracefully, as gracefully as you can. Um, I I'm not sure that has he said that has he said like I want to keep wrestling even if nobody takes me. I haven't heard that. I mean, that's the vibe I've been getting from all the stories that are coming out, but no one's actually said it outright now. Yeah. I, and now that heels, the show that he was on was canceled because of all the straight shit going on. Yeah. That doesn't help either. It's going to be real bored. Um, his wife's going to kick him out. It's like, you got to go find a fucking hobby. Three days ago, uh, I believe, was his birthday as well. Fellow Scorpio, that doesn't shock me at all. Whatever the fuck that means. I don't pay attention to I'm a Scorpio shit. as well. I'm just saying. Okay. I, I know that, but I don't My know. birthday is on Halloween for the audience out there that do not know. Wow. Um, what, uh, what is that supposed to mean? Are they typically We're assholes. We're asshole insufferable people. Insufferable pieces of shit at <laughs> yes, every job? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yes. Um, I am the most insufferable person on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, don't care. I'm definitely the most insufferable person at my job. Don't care. Um, Healthy. Yeah, I mean, um, I just don't care. I'm, I'm worried about me yeah. and my bulldogs, and I don't give a fuck about really anybody else. I don't like people. I'm like a Lesnar and a punk that way. I don't like people. Uh, you know, just that kind of shit. I'm very nice to people online on, on X in the wrestling community, I think, um, for the most part, unless they say something really fucking stupid like Raj. But other than that, I'm really fucking nice to people. Um, I help out animals whenever I can. This donation thing that we're doing right now to the Humane Society, it will be my third or fourth donation to the Humane Society um, since I've started streaming stuff, whether it be on Twitch or now YouTube. So, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I feel like I'm a nice dude. It's just, I just don't care. <laughs> and, and you think this is because you were born in October? <laughs> no, I think that's all bullshit, but it's just, it just a nice coincidence is all I'll mm. say. I was, I was just making sure. I know if we were going to talk no, about I don't know shit today, about that kind of stuff. No, okay. I, I know very loose amount of things about signs and shit. I don't really care about that. I don't care about that either. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> so um, you like legit would be like, even if he's feeling the itch or whatever to get back, like maybe not even do like a couple indie. Uh, like the bigger indie ones or anything, just to show up or something. Like not extended I mean, I can, stays. I can see him show up in like Defy or Revolver or something. That wouldn't be that weird, I guess. But like, um, as an actual gig for long term, you don't see him ever. I mean, unless WWE brings him in, you don't see him ever doing that again. Here's my thing too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I obviously AEW's not gonna take him back at this point. It'd be too fucking weird. Like too much going on. It's just. The the amount of accommodations and promises and whatever that would have to be made is just not worth it. Well, they already gave all his money to there. they already gave all his money to Adam Copeland anyway, so it's too late. Which is a good investment so far. So whatever. Um, and possibly uh, Beth Phoenix as well. Oh, or is, is there talk of her supposed to be? I, I mean, I don't know. They they literally asked him in that first scrum that he had after he debuted. 
and he said he'd be down as long as she was down. And is she is she I not know also she kind of legend thing or something? That's kind of uh, that's a great question. I don't know about all that. Huh. Um. Oh, well, that was my okay. immediate thought when uh, Flair came out, but we'll talk about that in a minute. I also I think he is <laughs> like 99 percent sure he is. I don't know how the fuck they did that. It might have just been a hey, this is for Sting. Can you not be a dick this one time? Kind of call. So who knows? But yeah, I'm pretty sure he actually is on the Legends deal. Um, hmm. I, okay, so here's here's my thing. If he's a backstage at Impact and he's like gassing everybody up and everybody likes him so much or whatever, it does kind of look bad that they're like, oh, do you want to like come do some work here? And he's like. You know, I'm a little bit too good for impact, but I'll I'll come back here and tell everybody what a good job they're doing and be nice. Yeah, see, that's the thing. He was polite here. about that's it, weird. but it was also the reason that I'm bringing up the question is because, yes, he was polite about it. That's goes without saying, because that's what the headline was or whatever. And everybody had mm-hmm. to make sure that we all knew that. But he was also everybody, backstage yeah. there, but he's also been to wrestling events and has no problem supporting people that he knows or likes or whatever. Like he did the same thing with Mercedes at Battle in the Valley, right? So like right. we know he'll he has no problem traveling to these places or if, especially if they're in Chicago he'll definitely go. The issue is is that the first the first place to ask you is the biggest place outside of the places uh, that you're not allowed. The ones that you're not at, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that you that you've either got fired at or walked out of. So yeah. you automatically turn down your third option, which would seemingly be your first option in the eyes of a lot of your fans. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, well, where do you go from now? If you're not going to Impact, you're definitely not going to NWA, which is below that. You can't yeah. go to Ring of Honor because they're owned by AEW now. And MLW is definitely probably closer to NWA than it is Impact. So yeah. unless you went to NJPW strong, because we don't think he's going to go to Japan, I don't really see a, an avenue for him on a company that people actually go out of their way to watch on a regular basis or that has an actual TV deal. I think he's he's a little too fragile for strong even too. And I'm not I'm not saying that to be a dick. Like I legitimately just don't think his body's gonna hold up against any like regular New Japan competition or schedule match tile. Like this all he, this all leaves all this conversation leads to is the only option is if WWE takes him back and they came out and said no, but of course there's conspiracy theorists out there that are saying, Hey, we're not gonna believe that until after Survivor series is over. Yeah. Which, Which is, I don't blame them. Honestly, yeah, it's fair because that it, here's the thing because the tickets there are already sold out they don't have to do like a pre-announcement they're already sold out and if they if if they can't get them or don't get them or don't want them or whatever then when the fans show up there and they're real disappointed about it hey nothing was ever fucking we never said we was coming what do you mean but i feel like if tickets were like half sold and he was signed and going then you would start seeing more hints of it like hey wink wink like you should really buy tickets to this event because cm punk's gonna be there um but yeah, they don't have any impetus to do that since it's already sold out. Who gives a shit? At that point, they're what? Fishing for pay-per-view buys? And I feel like most people that are going to get it already have Peacock or whatever. Um, you know what I did learn, though, relatively recently, is that apparently a lot of pay-per-view buys come... Like, actual pay-per-view buys, like people still buying old-school, like, $40 or whatever the fuck pay-per-views, come after the pay-per-view happens still. Um, there's, that's, like, a pretty significant number of, of uh, WWE revenue still. Weirdly enough, especially on international markets, which I had no idea of at all. I was looking at uh, Dave Meltzer break that down um, like a week or two ago. Do you ago. think that's because WWE and now AEW to some extent as well, especially for the NFL schedule, they are running a lot of pay-per-views on Saturdays and Sundays in a lot of these countries are the days that people are off. So they'll just buy it the next day and watch it the next day. Do you think it has something to do with that? Um, Maybe. Uh, 
It could also just be that, I mean, obviously they don't have Peacock. They don't have, like, an NBC yeah, 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 streaming sure. platform or whatever. So I, I'm sure that's part of it, too. But, yeah, I, I would, <clears throat> if I had to guess, I'd say it's probably more likely about the licensing itself than it is about, like, dates or anything like that. I've never bought a pay-per-view the day after. Ever. I have. I bought, um, uh, what fucking one was it? It was one of the Ring of Honor ones. I didn't watch it while it happened, but something happened on it. I was like, okay. That yeah, like but even if I don't watch it while it happens, it. I have usually have already bought it. Like, for instance, I fucked up, and I'm going to my first ever hockey game um, that I bought tickets for yesterday. They finally, or I bought them on Friday. They went on sale at 10 a.m., stayed up, bought mm -hmm. them. First ever, I'm going to be on the glass. I'm fucking hyped. Then I realized that it's November 18th, which is full gear. So, <laughs> I'll be buying the pay-per-view for, for that Saturday... You know, we used to watch it on your phone while you're there. No, I'm not doing. <laughs> Definitely not on the glass. Fuck that. Like if I was in the cheap seats, uh, cheap seats, uh, yeah, maybe. But no, it was my first game ever, and I'm on the glass. I'm not paying That's attention. That's not true. It's not your first game ever. We went to a. Um... I've never been to a Hurricanes game. We went to one in fucking Raleigh with Dad. I've never been. That wasn't me. Was not me. Mom, Dad, and y'all went. I did not go. I promise oh. you, I've never been. Shayna's been to one. I'm pretty sure Ethan's been to one. Mom and dad been to one. I've never been to a Hurricanes game ever. Well, if it makes you feel any better, them seats was definitely not on the fucking glass. We was. We were way well, up there. to make you feel better, this ain't the NHL. So yeah. they, I'm not I'm not paying NHL prices for this. I'm pretty sure my tickets cost like forty dollars a piece. I'm good. Mm. Um yeah, no, we were so high up that the dude shooting the t-shirt cannon guns couldn't get that shit up there. God damn. You couldn't even <laughs> see the puck. There's no way you saw uh, the puck. I literally asked what, a friend. I literally asked, I literally asked a friend of the show, Michael. I was like, "Hey, man, when you went, because he's been to one of the games around here before when they used to have a team back then before they went defunct and then came back." I mm. said, "Hey, man, so is it hard to see the puck in person when you because you can only you know depending on where you're sitting at, you can only turn your head so much, you know?" Yeah. I was like, "That's why I want to be on the glass. I want to make sure I'm on the fucking glass. I don't want anybody in front of me if it, the puck is already hard to see." He's like, "No, I sell pretty good." He was like, "I was not." In the first few rows, he was kind of high up too. He wasn't in the uh, nosebleeds like you, but mm. he was kind of high up, and he said he was fine. I was like, okay, but I'm not even taking it a chance. It's my first game. I want to fucking see the shit. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I love hockey on TV. My favorite team is the Capitals, so we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I'm hyped about that. But I'm not hyped because I fucking found out it's November 18th, and the game starts at 6:05 p.m. Of course. So. Mm -hmm. By the time I get home, I might as well just wait for the pay-per-view to end and then just start it. Because I don't want I don't want to click play and then it starts playing in the fucking middle of the pay-per-view. I'll be pissed. That's why I like doing it on fight. It's, it always does the watch from the beginning thing. Um because I don't know I don't get them on Bleacher Report anymore. I did for a little bit and then I just I'm not gonna pay an extra fucking ten, twenty dollars sometimes and then have that app fuck up more. Than just buying it on site and watching it through like a Canadian VPN. I still and have it's... to stream it from my phone with like Apple Mirror or whatever, strict screen mirroring because the fucking sound and the sound and video keep fucking up so bad. Like the last mm. three pay per views, I've had to just stream it from my phone instead. It's so dumb through Roku or whatever instead of just using the BR app on Roku like you're fucking supposed to. And then yeah. I've always thought, hey, maybe it's just a live feed and it'll it'll fix itself for the next day or whatever. Nope, still fucked up. It, the app is ridiculously stupid. But, I've, I mean, I have a workaround, so I'm not too worried about it right now. But I'm going to... I was... I was going to have people over, but now, that obviously, that's canceled because I'll be at a hockey game. So... Invite them to the hockey game. 
full gear won't be happening, but at Worlds or at Worlds End, Worlds End will be uh, happening because it's on a Saturday, which they also announced. Um, but it's yeah. whatever. So that uh, increased pay per view schedule we were talking about, I guess, is a thing. Um, Even though they literally told us to our face that he wasn't considering it, and yet here you are, and you just put new two new pay per views <laughs> in in the Look. fucking two months that you didn't have pay per views in, right after you said you weren't you weren't considering it. We know that man's a fucking liar. Come on, um, man. don't be don't be like the rest of them, Tony. Yeah, we trusted you. Um, but like I said on Twitter, I don't mind the no, extra pay per views. Just either make them forty instead of fifty, or get on fucking max. It's not hard. I, I, they got to still be working toward that, right? Because I think they were talking about even it. the reality show thing that they did the like six episode run of or whatever. AEW. What the fuck was it called? All access. All access, yeah. So apparently that's going to be streaming on Max. So there's some talk there going but, on already. I clearly. mean, the thing I think about about all this is like he announces a pay per view in January next, right? Mm-hmm. Or soon, or right after At World's End or something. I, I don't know why I keep saying At World's End. I think that's a fucking Pirates of the Caribbean movie. But anyway, World's End. Technically, it's At World's End. But anyway, yeah. it's not the pay per view is not called At World's End. Anyway, World's End, which is, and I think I had this on. The, Positive things to say. I hope I don't. Give me a second. I don't want to ruin one of my positive things to say. I do. So I'll, I'll talk about it like later. But anyway, um, I think it is a direct sign to the people at Max to be like, hey, we have 12 shows now that all these people would be flooding to your app to watch 12 times a year. So you can get those spikes in whatever the fuck your rating system is or viewership rating system is i think that looks a lot better than hey there's these four or five shows a year that everybody's going to go up to your app and start yeah. watching or whatever you know what i'm saying like if they have more consistent shows they'll have less people starting the subscription and then stopping the subscription on a monthly billing versus like if there's one every month then you're not going to have the people drop off and only come back when they want to watch the thing i guess yeah, so it doesn't hurt the fluctuation of your subscribers to your streaming service yeah. when you have to do these quarterly things, especially when the AEW was running quarterly pay-per-views. And cuts the revenue by however many months they're missing out on from people canceling it. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the conversation. It was like, yeah, well, what do you, what do you have to keep people watching on our platform if you've got a four, three, four month gap between some of your pay-per-views, why wouldn't they just cancel their subscription and then renew it like the day before the next pay-per-view is and then cancel it again? So they're only paying one month, one month, one month. So they're really only paying for four or five months out of the year instead of a 12-month subscription for a year-long subscriber for your product or whatever. So yeah, I um, I do think uh, that that's probably part of the motivation for adding in some of these new ones. I wouldn't be surprised. All right, let's move on to what we were talking about a little bit. I said we were going to talk about it in a minute. Here it is. It's Sting's gift. Now, it wasn't on any of my top five, unfortunately, which uh, a lot of people seem to like, and I appreciate that, guys. Um, uh, <laughs> but it wasn't in the top five. This wasn't in the top five. I mean, kind of. I did say Black Scorpion. Mm, I say a match, <laughs> handicap match with Black Scorpion and Shock Nasty. We were halfway there, guys. Anyway, uh, this gift from Tony Khan was Ric Flair. The music was done by Mikey Ruckus. He said he had five hours to do it. 
he was let he was he was notified five hours before the show or before he had to have it or whatever. Well, that's um, what makes me think that he's probably on a legends deal and they had to work some shit out last second. But who knows? Or he just didn't want the shit to get out. Um, because clearly it was clearly Sting was genuinely shocked. Yeah, uh, that flare came out as a lot of people were when you think about all the stuff you were talking about, like the legends deal and all that other stuff. Um, and the shit that Flair talks about AEW every now and then because Flair's lost his fucking mind. I will say that the segment yeah. itself in a vacuum was great. It was great. Christian was obviously shined as the star. Sting did really good. Sting showed real emotion. That player came out. Uh, it seemed like only really Darby and Tony Schiavone that were out there knew that it was Flair. Um, yeah. And then, of course, you had the way that the shit played out. And I don't know if it was literally down to a T where they were rehearsing this shit because how could you? Because no one knew that Flair was coming out there. But the limited mic time for Flair with a live mic was fantastic. Yeah. So he came out there, said what he needed to say. As soon as, as soon as he said what he needed to say, Christian's music hits. Before Flair can fucking respond on the live mic, who has the microphone in his hand, Sting takes it. <laughs> so he can't do it. Then as soon as Sting is done, control, the music, Sting's music starts playing. Yeah. So like you can't have Flair come in there with a live mic yeah. taking over this fucking show and running into time constraints later on for other matches that need matches. So I think that the way just, that it played out was perfect. I don't know if it's going to be like that every time with Flair on the live mic, but apparently Flair is sticking around according to what was implied there, at least until March when Sting retires. That's what I gathered from the whole thing. Yeah, uh, this, this, there's going to be some some more risk management uh, type stuff implemented, I'm sure. You could tell the way that that segment was put together was like to limit any possibility of him saying some weird shit. Um, <laughs> just like, hey, here's your lines. Only do your lines. And as soon as he, like you said, as soon as he finished them, it was straight into Christian music and then straight into Sting promo. Like, no... No room for this man to start wandering around and fucking elbow dropping nothing and saying weird shit. Um, he did go to the ropes, though. He did go to the ropes. He looked like he was going to elbow drop something for a second. He, he did go to the ropes. I feel like if uh, if he is supposed to be there till March, I wouldn't mind a segment with him and uh, Jay Lethal. Um, Even in but, passing or something, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, just something backstage. But broad, more broadly speaking, like this is another one of those things where it's like, Doing it the one time for the pop is fine, but there is there is something to be said for Ric Flair having his own history of uh, not great conduct, we'll say. And yeah, to yeah, yeah. no, I get all that. That's fine. That's months. fine. That's, That's why I would have preferred it be the one time thing, and then maybe again at Revolution mm-hmm. when Sting actually is done, and he comes out there and hugs him or something like that. Something yeah. like that would have been fine. I don't know if I need to see him every time I see Sting until March. The other issue is. Um, Unless they're running the live mic situation, obviously, because you're not gonna have you're not gonna waste Sting away on Rampage, and you're not gonna be paying Ric Flair tons of money to come in for Rampage, right? So mm-hmm. you got that. But the other thing is, is that I don't want him on every show that Sting is on all the way till March, because then that takes away from Sting's retirement tour, because now some of that shine is getting put on Ric Flair. Ric Flair, yeah. Ric Flair's had um, three retirement tours. He's fine. He doesn't need it. This is about Sting. I, I understand that Sting would probably would say yes and wants him there, and he owes a lot to him. I get all that. That's fine. But that moment on Dynamite, and then a moment at Revolution, and I'm good. I don't need to see Flair every fucking time. Yeah, um, I agree. And also, I don't not even just need to see him. Like I, I feel like with with Flair, everybody is like 
they see him and they cheer because of Ric Flair, then everybody's like waiting with anticipation for him to say some weird shit anytime he has a mic. So yeah, I don't need him doing promos. I don't need him like doing really anything. Just you did your one piece. You can come back and do like an interference spot at the at the pay per view. Maybe save somebody who's or beat up somebody who's trying to interfere or something like that. Like this yeah, beat up do. somebody that's trying to interfere. Put them on a, yeah. in a figure four on the outside of the ring or something like that to get yeah. the pop. You know, something like that. That's fine. Hit him with some. But we also still don't know who Sting's final opponent's going to be. We think it's going to be Darby. So there's really would be no need for that anyway. Um. But yeah, like maybe at when this three on three happens, and clearly it's going to be Adam Copeland is going to be their third partner. Um, mm. maybe Flair's on the outside for that. I don't know. We'll see how it plays all plays out. But for the purposes of the gift within itself, are we keeping the gift, putting away the gift in a storage place like the attic or the garage, or sending it back to the store? We're going to put it in the storage until the pay per view. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I, I'm going with put away as well. Um, yeah. So there we go with that one. Let's talk about Germany, baby. Let's talk about WWE International PLEs are here. Oh, they announced yeah. Bash in Berlin. There's also rumors per Fightful that um, they're also thinking about running France next year as well. Now, Bash in Berlin will be happening on August 31st, 2024. Um, now, before we get into your thoughts on this, I would like to say that I think this is literally all because of the Endeavor merger deal. And the way that UFC does their pay-per-views and they're trying to get over there to the loudest crowds because this was never a fucking thing under Vince. And now magically we're going to Puerto Rico. We're going to London. Now we're going to Berlin and we're thinking about going to France. We're going to Elimination Chamber in Australia. I 100% think that this is they're taking the model of UFC and going over there. They're getting paid from these countries to run the show. They're going to have a hot crowd at these shows. They've got people that are going to that are from these countries that uh are loving them like for instance uh obviously Rhea Ripley is going to get fucking cheered out the goddamn stadium for elimination chamber you've got um i mean i know he's from austria but you know fucking walter or Gun- gunther is going to get cheered like a motherfucker anywhere in europe in berlin yeah in europe yeah <laughs> just in europe um drew mcintyre in london at clash of the castle of course you had money in the bank in london i believe as well um mm-hmm. no clash of the castle was uh yeah. Was uh Wales. Yeah, Wales. Um then you have Puerto Rico where you had Bad Bunny and Damian Priest and Zelina Vega. So like this this they're clearly doing the UFC model, right? I'm not just imagining that. Maybe a little bit. Um maybe with the frequency it's it's more like an endeavor thing, but it's not like they've never run France before. They run France because I remember uh people in fucking France love Baron Corbin for some reason. No, no, I get that for the for the like, house show tours, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the live but, uh, tours or whatever. I get that. But yeah. these are like big shows that matter that are going to be on the network type deal. But what I'm saying is it's not necessarily because of Endeavor, because you could you could also look at it as like their house tours, their house show tours were so successful and like got such good turnout and stuff that they realized like, hey, there is a market here where we could run. They would have known that a long time ago when Bret Hart was selling out fucking everywhere in Germany, though. Bret Hart is different. Bret Hart was like David Hasselhoff over there. That's what Bret Hart is different. But they never like, ran any big shows. That's my point. Like, yeah. it, it, I don't think it's a coincidence at all that they're starting to do this now that they've merged and somebody else is overlooking that kind of thing. Maybe. But it, just based on the trajectory they were already on with the, the house show tours, it, it very well could have also just been. Because it definitely ain't based off of Saudi Arabia. You know what Those it could crowds be? suck. Yeah. Well, until they see The Undertaker. 
Um, I think or uh, Yokozuna in the greatest Yokoz- battle royal. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, you think if they brought out Rikishi dressed as Yokozuna, they would know the difference? Well, they brought out the sumo wrestler dude out there that was yeah. supposed to be. I forgot his name, but yeah, that, that was. Yeah. And I guess people Awkward. were supposed to think that was him yeah. under a different name. I don't fucking. Know. This is the best we could do. I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't understand. Um, you know, all Samoans and Asians look alike, according to WWE. I guess I don't know. Apparently, uh, I know one thing. It would have been hilarious. I don't know if Fuji was still alive when the Greatest Royal Rumble happened or not. But if he would have came out with the dude, that would have been fucking funny. You know what the you know what the the benefit of Endeavor might be that maybe WWE didn't have enough expertise in or like experience in or like whatever. getting the paid getting paid by the co- countries. Uh, on the shows? No, I was more thinking about the licensing for international broadcasts because Endeavor's going to have a lot more experience with that and the regulations and that how that pay works and like what the restrictions are and all that bullshit than WWE would have having never really done it in a lot of these countries for shows that they're broadcasting on like a pay per view basis. So um, it could be it could be that's something that they were able to draw from Endeavor that they didn't have before. Well, I we were talking about Gunther a little bit earlier, and I saved it for this specific thing because uh, a lot of people were, you were talking about Chad Gable taking off him. Gunther's not losing until after August thirty first, twenty twenty four, because he's not yeah, he's go, unless he's going to be the world champion on Raw at Bash in Berlin or win that world title at Bash in Berlin. If he's still IC champ, no, he's he's going to keep it till then because I think he's going to have a huge match at that show. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's going to go the same way as uh, Drew McIntyre in Cardiff. So if it ends up being, I end, I feel like if if it's like Gunther loses at WrestleMania or Gunther loses at Royal Rumble, his title, yeah, you might have something. But if that happens, all signs point to Gunther winning that fucking Raw World Title at Bash in Berlin. Good, just make him double champion. He will join a select <laughs> roster of, I believe, Austin, Triple H, and Warrior. I believe are the yeah. only are the only ones, the only ones ever old intercontinental and world at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, right. I guess Shawn Michaels didn't, huh? No, what well, he technically did, but I think that's no. He had European title. He had the oh, European title. Yeah yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. There was something he he was gonna. I think he did have it or some shit. But then that was the match where he he him and Triple H were fucking around in the ring as DX, and he oh, went Triple H pin him. And then, yeah. like, Gorilla Monsoon came out and said, no, that doesn't count, or some shit, and stripped the title from Triple H. Some shit like that, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that sounds right enough. And I was also thinking uh, Rollins for a second until I remembered, no, that was his uh, U.S. title. So Yeah, a couple people have done it with the U.S., I think. I think Cena might have done it with the U.S., too, but I'm not positive on that. All right, oh, so... Yeah. Big international uh, PLEs are here, and we think it's really good. I'm happy for the people um, that are getting them because they don't ever get any shows that actually matter. So, and trust me, I know how that feels too because I've lived in places with a lot of small towns that they come to to do house shows, and nothing ever happens. So, like, I get it. So, I'm very happy for these guys. It's gonna be loud as fuck. It's gonna be awesome. Mm. People in Berlin, they're gonna be fucking singing "Sweet Caroline" and fucking. Uh, West Virginia Mountain Mama shit like that. I'm telling you, they go nuts. I've I've seen the NFL games in Germany. I've seen the NFL games in London. The fucking cr- the crowd is insane. 
All right, I'm going to take a quick break here. I'm going to put it back on the starting soon screen. Um, take the starting soon off. You look that up if you're still looking that up. And then uh, yeah. when I get back on this side of the break, we'll talk TKO Endeavor some more. And then, of course, Kenny Omega versus MJF from last night's collision. All right, guys, we are back. All right, did you look up the information? Yeah, it's not really a good list of it, but I did find one that, that you didn't mention. Uh, technically, Triple H. I said Triple H. Uh, I did. I said Triple H, Austin, and Ultimate Warrior were the only three. 
Well, do you remember the the context of Triple H's? Uh, that's a great question. Um, uh, no, not off the top of my head. So, it was when Kane was the Intercontinental Champion, and he beat Kane, and then they immediately merged the fucking uh, World Heavyweight Championship with the Intercontinental Championship, and meet like right after the match. So it. He had both, and then they deactivated the Intercontinental to kind of fold it into the, the world right after. Yeah, I just remember so, Jim Ross literally saying on commentary that Triple H and Ultimate War were the only two that have ever done it. Well, then Stone Cold, is, he, he's the one that reactivated the Intercontinental one like a year later or whatever. Now, was that because of the power trip thing, or was that before that? I don't know. Because remember, they were power trip, one had one and one had the other. It was in 2002. Mm, that sounds maybe like the power trip thing. 2002, there was a lot of shit going on in 2002. Power yeah. trip, maybe, because, you know, Austin was still an active performer during the power trip. Yeah. So, so like, yeah, so, like, because he was the Intercontinental Champion out of the two, I believe, and Triple H was the World Champion. And they were bad guys, so... Possibly. All right. You're good. We don't have to go into the entire history or anything. All right, moving on to TKO. Uh, We talked about them a little bit just now. Um, But speaking of them, Fightful is reporting numerous WWE talent, including several top stars, have not been approached for contract extensions. Multiple talent spoken to were aware, or were of the belief, rather, that the recent merger with Endeavor will kickstart a lot of the contract talks, and several are waiting to see what the offers are like and when that happens. But it hasn't happened yet. Do you think? Do you think these talents will be lowballed with a with all like cost cutting measures that they've had been doing since the merger? And if so, will that lead to another influx of AEW and TNA talent? Um, probably because I, I do feel like uh, Endeavor is a lot more budget minded in the sense that if somebody's not actively wrestling, they're like, why the fuck are we paying them? Because they're a company that's used to paying per appearance and not per having you on retainer to do shit, if that makes sense. Um, so a lot of the guys that are under contract, which you haven't seen do anything in forever, I would imagine, are, are probably going to get some some weirder offers, some uh, lesser offers. Um, would not be surprised at all to see that. So we uh, think that ev- even if they offer these the bigger stars money, that, like, for instance, the, the rumors are Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, Sheamus, AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, mm-hmm. guys like that, their contracts are coming up fairly soon. And it yeah. used to be where WWE wants to lock these guys in way before so that they don't have to worry about that type of shit or right. worry about them getting so hot that they have to overpay them later on when they we could have got them for less if we would have just went to them earlier type deal. And they yeah. were doing that a lot of that when AEW first started as well. That's when it really started kicking in that they were doing it that way. And you think that they still do it, just not as early. They still pay those guys, but then to offset those contracts, that's when they go after the guys that they're not using so much and then be like, okay, we need a, we need a cost cut again and get rid of about five to ten more people that we're not using. Like a Akira uh, Tozawa, first, for example. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, they actually are kind of using him now, ironically enough, but yeah. Um, I, I do think that they're going to view, depending on who's in charge of who's overseeing talent contracts for WWE, because I imagine they still want to keep most of that in-house, but if somebody above them is is also has some sort of oversight on that. And they're like, well, why the fuck are we paying this guy like $350,000 a year? And he's wrestled three times and two of them are on house shows or, you know, whatever. Um, I, yeah, I could definitely see those 
those being some uncomfortable conversations. Um, I w it, for those people, I wouldn't be surprised if they got lowballed with like a hey, you know, you're not really doing that much. We'll still pay you like 165 or something. And then if we do decide to use you, you're more active or whatever, we'll bump you up to like 225 or some shit. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised to see stuff like that um, because they are a company that's going to be a lot more used to paying per appearance. Like if you're not actively making money, then why the fuck am I giving you money? Um, so if, if they, it depends on Endeavor's level of oversight for sure. I think I'm making, mo making money. I don't have this as an actual thing, but uh, for mm. a story, but I did see they, they, they released the, uh, top merch hitters right now, and Roman yeah. is one, Cody's two, uh, Jey Uso, I believe, is three, LA Knight is four, something like that. Holy shit. Jey Uso's that high? Oh, Jey Uso soared big time. He's either three or four. I just saw this on uh, Twitter X. I, like, I know he's popular, but isn't all his merchandise basically just says main event? Like, isn't it? Main it's event, like Jey Uso, yeah, something like that, but it was in the same way as same style as day one ish or whatever the fuck it was. Down since day one, it was like the same format that just said main event Jey Uso type deal, I guess. But anyway, yeah, it's taken off big time. But anyway, based off of that knowledge, like it's not as egregious now to have your top two merchandise getters going against each other at WrestleMania 40 again. But I still think they could have done that before because I'm pretty sure Roman and Cody were number one and number two last year. Yeah, LA um, Knight and Jey Uso, two dudes that came out of nowhere as far as merch getters go, where LA Knight had no merch at all, and all of Jey Uso's merch was locked into Uso stuff, to to now be in the top five. That's pretty crazy. The, the nice thing about LA Knight's looking at it, it's like it's pretty simple. It's just the LA and then Knight underneath it, like it's not or the it's yeah, not so shirt, obviously yeah. a fucking wrestling shirt. You know, it's one of them things. Yeah, like like if I wear a yeah shirt, no one's gonna know what the fuck. No one's got no one, like it just says yeah on it. I'm just excited to be here. Um Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think yeah. it's the uh that politician from a lot of years ago when he was on he was, yeah. Howard Dean. And his voice cracked. That's Howard Dean. Yeah. Yeah. That's so you know what's fucking crazy is thinking back on that? Like that ruined his campaign. But the type of shit people do and say and get away with now, just nobody gives a fuck. But that ruined his campaign back then. So weird. Yeah, it's crazy. Brock Lesnar does that every time he talks. All right. And so does Tony Knight, if, or Tony Knight, Tony Khan, if he's really excited about uh, introducing somebody. Fuckery. All right, let's, uh, <laughs> well, I hope they get it. I hope they get it figured out because uh, we don't have a lot of room over there on the uh, AEW roster. Let's say they, let's say, uh, let's say there's one person that they can't get it done with. Who do you want it to be so that they can uh, come over? Hmm. We're talking. We're getting Rollins. We're getting Sheamus. We're getting AJ. We're getting Drew. Taking everything into account, their their backlog categories, their fucking current wrestling it's ability, gotta, and their age. It's got to be like, well, okay, Rollins would probably have more interesting matchups just from him talking so much shit on Twitter. Uh, well, that's the, especially if they get Osprey over in AEW. Yeah, for sure. Be, I've been thinking like Osprey, Omega, like those types. Um, could revisit the edge stuff a little bit if they really wanted to, I guess. Um, you know the the two obvious answers are going to be your Nakamura and your and your Styles, um, because there are a lot of matchups they could have, and you could have Nakamura do a lot of uh, callback stuff with New Japan guys because they have access to them, obviously. Um, hmm. 
Yeah, that's that's interesting. I hmm, because I'm trying to think of of guys that maybe don't necessarily have that much of like a, a history with anybody that they could be playing to or anything like that, but would still make interesting matchups. And like Gunther's not a bad pick. I, I think that would be cool. Seamus Seamus is the only answer that makes sense to me. Well, Gunther's not. His contract's not up anytime soon. I don't believe. Uh, I know McIntyre was looking at leaving relatively Yes, McIntyre recently. was on there, but there's also reports saying that now he's already signed a new deal or some shit, so I don't know. That's going I mean, back and did, forth. No one really knows. They did start using him again. He is more prominent again. So. Oh, no, I know that he's gone for the little bit, but they're saying that the contract was still coming up soon. Hmm. Now, like now. But then there's also reports now saying that, no, that's not true. He literally just recently signed a new deal, so I don't know. That's I, I included him in the graphic anyway. We got Drew, Seth Rollins, Sheamus. AJ, Sami Zayn were the ones that I saw listed. Uh, I mean, yeah, Zayn or Owens, you could still do some cool stuff with too, I guess. Um, Killer Cross. If, if it's me, I'm probably if I if I want if I want dream matchup scenarios. I'm probably taking Rollins. Rollins. Right? Yeah. Plus, I think Rollins would be the biggest surprise out of all of them because he's the most company guy out of all of them to mm-hmm. me. Um, and it, outside of that, like a, like a dark horse pick, I'm taking Sheamus because even though he does have the injuries and stuff, like everybody he fights in AEW would be but something they, that we've never seen before because he was, his, he's been a WWE guy since day one as well. That and also, but his loyalty to, to Triple H, I don't see that happening, bro. No, I don't see, I don't see either one of them happening. I think, I think Rollins would be a bigger surprise than even Edge. You think? Yes. Yeah. Edge was thinking about going to AW before, so yes. Oh, you mean like before he agreed to come back? As far as yeah, as far as a company there. man, that's yes, that owes everything to the guy that's in charge. Sheamus and Seth Rollins are literally number one and two on that list. Uh, hmm. As far as the options that we're talking about, yeah. Sami Zayn, I could see him leaving. Drew McIntyre has left to go to Impact before. Well, he got fired, but you get what I'm saying. Like he has no problem doing it. He got over and came back, so. He has no problem. He was even doing indie stuff. It wasn't like he just went to Impact. He was doing indie stuff overseas first, and then went to Impact, and then got huge, and then came back. So, no, Rollins, I think, would be the biggest, like, I mean, Edge was bigger than Punk, obviously, just because Edge was looked at as a company dude, and we mm-hmm. thought he was going to have, like, a backstage office fucking job afterwards, because everybody talks about how great his mind is and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was weird, but it wasn't as weird when you saw that he was in contract negotiations with AEW on the previous contract before he came back and was actually cleared to come back when he showed up at Royal Rumble in uh, Seattle. So, yeah, so I don't think that would be as as big as Rollins coming over. Rollins coming over would be fucking, like, if Rollins came over, mm-hmm. all bets are off. Like, anyone can go anywhere if that happened, in my opinion. Because Rollins and, also yeah. has, even though he does have injuries, I think he has a lot more shelf life than Adam Copeland does. He has no reason to move, though. They're they're actively no. I I agree. I'm just saying, like, I would pick him if I if I could cherry pick somebody as Tony Khan. That's who Mm -hmm. I'm taking because of years, um, left, and because of star power right now. Because AJ's AJ's older than him by a lot. I think I'm pretty sure. That's that's rude. That's I mean that's where AJ that's where AJ loses out to me because AJ Styles is this is probably his last contract. Did you did you read his thing the other day where he said he doesn't remember how to do the spiral tap anymore? That's crazy. That's just because he hasn't done it in fucking forever, probably. Yeah, I have to get a crash like, pad out there and try to fucking learn how to redo it. 
yeah he's just he's like yeah i I can't do it i don't remember how to do it when i'm up there which is pretty weird well yeah i'm probably, i mean i guess, I'm, I guess, I would I guess it's not that weird i would pick so because i remember like, you got the you got you got um you got moxley over there that's obviously the first thing you probably mm-hmm. want to do right out the gate true um he has had a long history of Danielson as well over there. He had the big match with Claudio where Claudio was supposed to get super over from the UFO swing against Rollins and he beat Rollins. So he's got a thing with the entire BCC. And of course, like you said, the shit with Omega, the shit with uh, Osprey online. Like, nah, I think the most money to be had is with Rollins for sure. And it would be the biggest shock. Word right now is apparently Osprey is supposed to be signing with AEW too. So it's not just like, a oh, he could do it because... They've got the New Japan tire or whatever, but apparently he is actually like seriously considering. Uh, I guess it would also depend on how much, because Rollins has Becky, but Becky's not leaving, and he has the kid that's also very still young. Mm-hmm. If I could cherry pick him, the, the, the issue would then become, yeah, you got a lot of things that you could do over here, but how much of them would you want to do, or how big of your, how big do you want your schedule to be at that point? Because you know you're still going to want to be with Becky and all of them. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that's a consideration for a lot of them yeah, with spouses sure. in the industry. Yeah, um, it's probably a big consideration and juice coming over too. So, well, I'm saying like, over here. if he could get, if he could somehow get Becky on board too, then it would be probably it would probably be a lot easier. Is what I'm saying. That's a that's a wildly different wrestling. No, 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 no. I agree. Jesus no, Christ. I don't think that'll ever. I don't think it would fucking not even. I mean, unless Becky just views WWE as, hey, there's nothing else I can do over here. You're clearly pushing younger people, but I want to keep wrestling. I mean, that's, that's kind of true. That's why she's in NXT right now, right? So maybe. All right. But then but then we have the this weird issue where we're sending all the young people to AEW and taking all the old people from WWE to AEW, where we've done Punk, we've done Copeland, we would get whoever the fuck you're no, I now. No, I agree with that. That's why I said... Well, sending I'm off Jade Cargill That's why out of these one, two, three, four, five, five people we're talking about, I'm literally selling... I'm saying we're picking one. We're not grabbing fucking three of them. We're picking one. And by the yeah. time that happens... Who knows who else's contract runs out and we don't resign over an AEW either if I'm Tony Khan. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? Why does your graphic just say low offer? Does okay. it say low? That's all. What? What are you talking about? The contract on the graphic. Just the that, that's literally offer. what the, the thing was. Yeah, that, I think yeah. it's hilarious. What are you talking about? That's great. Right, it says but... TKO right there. What are you talking about? I see it. It's, just it's cool. sliding it over to these five guys. I see it. Don't make um, fun of my graphics, man. It takes me a long time to do these. Like 15 it? minutes per. That's a lot when you talk about how many fucking things I'm doing. Mm. All right. Speaking of graphics, this is the most bare bones one anyway, because this was the very last one I came up with. Uh, let's talk about it. It's literally the from the match uh, between MJF and Kenny Omega on collision. Mm. Yeah. Let's talk about it. MJF surpasses Kenny Omega's record, or he will now for sure. He will now, yeah. For those curious, because a big narrative with MJF for a long time, was that he barely wrestles. However, since he's been world champion, he has put his title on the line eight times, including last night's collision match against Omega, where he retained to break Omega's record for the longest AEW world title reign. Also, for anyone wondering, by comparison, in Omega's reign, he defended the AEW world title successfully six times, and on the seventh defense, lost to Adam Page. So MJF is wrestling just as much as Omega as Omega was when it comes to AEW world title defenses. So anybody that's complaining about how much MJF has been wrestling, he's actually been wrestling a lot more than we think, and then take into account the fact that he's doing tag team matches with Adam Cole at the same time, and now two handicap tag team matches in a row for these 
or the last pay-per-view and this pay-per-view coming up. So I think we can throw that narrative out of the win- out the window for right now. As at least as long as he's champion, anyway. Yeah. Um, how'd you feel about? Uh, I mean, obviously all that's true, but how'd you feel about the match itself? The match itself, I will not give it five stars. I know Dave probably going to give it five stars. A lot of people were hyping it up. It was a great match. I'm probably giving it like four point seven five, and it's not even for Callus because Callus didn't really have any bearing on it. He he didn't get the win off the roll, so it doesn't it doesn't matter, right? Like. I thought True, it was going to matter, but it didn't. But, but Kenny would have gotten the win if he had hit the one winged angel. Yeah, maybe. We don't know. That, who, yeah, MJF's going to kick out of him. He could. If any one no. person in AEW right now is going to, it would be the guy that just kicked out of my fucking heat seeker. Hell yeah, I'm kicking out of your shit. So anyway, back to the original point. I get a 4.75 because the first parts of the match were a little rocky. Like I felt like these two dudes have so much fucking talent that they overcame an off night. Does that did that does that make sense to you? Yeah. Um like it like they the slip ups here and there and then uh I mean Kenny Omega did a great job selling the knee for the like the last 75% of the match, but um but the the nip ups where he stumbled or whatever, there was a couple things in the corner, the MJF dive to the outside was nowhere close on point to hitting Omega. Omega had to literally run to the side to get to oh, yeah, catch him. His little backflip thing. Yeah. yeah. I keep I keep seeing people post uh little video clip of that and they're like oh my god mjf like that's so crazy they could do that and i'm like bro mjf is not the impressive one in that clip because kenny immediately fucking recognizes he's like no he's gonna be short let me run up and try to make this not look bad and short make sure and he doesn't to the smash right. his fucking head on the on the apron by getting under him like super quickly i was much like it's very athletic but i was much more impressed with with omega's uh like um insight into exactly what was fucking up and and how to get under it immediately on that the match sure. I'm, I'm giving the match probably i mean i have to watch everything twice i still have it on the sling dvr i will watch it mm-hmm. again but right now it's a 4.75 i don't think it's going to change from that the beginning of the match like i said there was a lot of i guess feeling out process because they've never wrestled against each other one-on-one before so yeah. that might have had something to do with it but I really feel like they it was an off night for these guys and they're so fucking talented that they overcame it and then like the last 80% of the fucking match was just that was five stars. The last 80% of the match was five stars. But doing a an early powerbomb through a table spot was pretty interesting. <laughs> especially when you consider how Omega's leg trapped MJF's arm on that table. I'm surprised MJF didn't get sliced and diced from that table the way it broke. Yeah. It was pretty But yeah, I'm giving I'm right now 4.75 for me. Yeah, I thought it was a really good match. Um, I would agree it's probably not like a... I probably wouldn't give it five stars. I think 4.75 is fair. Um, it, and I don't know that I feel the same way you do about the, the beginning of it being like super off or anything. Like, they, To me, it's like that's a typical beginning of the match feeling out process sort of... No, not, the feeling out process, the storytelling of that is fine. But there are mm-hmm. slip-ups in that match. It's not yeah. just the nip-up from Omega. There's other stuff in there, too. Well, I thought that was him selling the knee anyway, so I was, I was fine with that. I don't think he really started selling the knee until the table spot. Mm. Okay. Well, um, I think uh, I think the Don Callis thing did a good job because, you know, I, I'm not usually crazy about interference spots, especially distraction spots, which, which I think are stupid. Like, Don Callis standing there is enough to distract you from just, like, Finishing the fucking move? I don't like that. I thought that was kind oh, of dumb. Okay. Shit. Now I understand that, and that's because you know if Kenny's so hell bent on being Kenny the Cleaner again, why not just do it right in front of Callus? Yeah, 
and then, and then stare like, at him like you did after the fucking Sunny Kiss match. But I will also <laughs> say, but I will also say that at least the storyline is so got so much heat behind it mm-hmm. that yeah, I, it would distract him to the point like I I fucking got to get my hands on you type deal. I get that part of it. At least the storyline has enough heat behind it because like Don Callis is getting real booze out of the building, not piped in yeah. ones. So you get that. And he's the only one that comes out. What I would have liked to see was Don come out with like the entire family that was available and all rush out there. Like they're going to do something that would distract me a lot more than just Don Callis out there. Omega can take out Don Callis. If he jumps up on the apron, I'm punching him in the fucking forehead. But if Will Hobbs and fucking Kyle Fletcher and uh, Takeshita all come out there running and they all rush the ring, like they're going to do something that would distract me and make him make me take him off for the one winged angel. Cause I might have to defend myself. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, if he was sitting, if they had come out and circled the fucking ring, I could understand him putting down and, like, being fucking careful or whatever, and then starting the same roll-up spot. But to just have Don Kyle stand out there, and you already have him up, just fucking drop him, finish the match, get the pin, and then go deal with your Kyle shit. That, that's where I was kind of like, ugh. But the other it thing was... is, there's also a connection with Don Callis coming out to pretend to help MJF, who he was trying to talk to about... Him joining the Don Callis family That's earlier as fine, well. fine, but again, he's already got him up in the fucking one winged angel. Just drop it. That seems I mean, at that, point, at that point, the only thing I could think of, if I'm Kenny Omega, is if I hit, them, if I hit him with the one winged angel and Don Callis comes in this ring and it causes a DQ and, piss, and fucks up, pisses away my world title win, then I'm fucked. So he stops him so that he can fucking go to Don Callis and try to make sure that he doesn't interfere type deal. But um, to your point, why not hit him with the one winged angel? He's fucking knocked out. Back Don Callis up, come back, and then hit him with another one winged angel for the win. Yeah, because it's not like he's gonna wake up. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. It was, it was, they're doing. It was that dumb baby. I'm, I'm a dumb baby face. I don't just do the obvious thing booking that I'm not a fan of. Yeah, but the match itself I thought was cool. Um, but that that did take away from it a little bit for me because it's like this is a guy who has been in such high pressure situations, who's been in such major matches or whatever. The idea that he would get so distracted by that that he's just gonna like not finish his finish was crazy to me. All right, let's talk about positive things in wrestling this week. All right, mm. I've got three things that I have that are positive that I would like to talk about. I don't know what you got. We can go back and forth if you think of something. First off, say something positive that happened in wrestling this week that you liked. I'm going to go Abaddon in the Friday Night Fright match with Sheeta. I yep. thought the attention to detail was insane with that match as far as their props. And it wasn't just a silly fucking match name that they slapped on a regular ass world title match. It was a, it was for something. It was for the world title. So that was something. Abaddon won the night before in a fatal four way, which means she earned it. and wasn't just a random fucking match. Right. I understand that she was only brought back because it was Halloween. I'm not Halloween. stupid. They do this. But they do that every year. Yeah. It, it's kind of like Sunny Kiss with the with the LGB, uh, the oh, month or whatever Evan, Evan that's what dude, that's what Evan it kind of feels dude. like i mean obviously that's a whole different scenario that's a lot worse but you get what i'm saying it feels like that um identity based and not based on yeah exactly like okay there's yeah, other there's other times you can show up you don't have to just show up fucking for your two hello and if that was the case then why not show up all of october not the fucking last week of october but mm-hmm. anyway um i thought abaddon shined not so much in the fatal four-way match because there's a lot of shit going on that one but the match with Sheeta was awesome you had the flying broomstick. You had the pumpkin head spot at the end that everybody went fucking nuts for. You had, you had her bleeding the blood. You had the bubble gum shit. By the way, the bubble gum was great because bubble, double bubble is hard as fuck. So 
But I mean, the gummy worms was a little weird. But the, but the, being slammed on, if I slammed you on double bubble right now, you would be like, okay, that fucking hurt. If I hit you in the head as hard as I could with a fucking foam uh, tombstone to the point that it broke in half, you would not like that. So, I mean, it wasn't like they got knocked out or anything. Anyway, she hit it with I the don't other, feel like that would the, hurt. The Whatever. It, it hurts. And we haven't anyway, had chair shots before. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I know. It's, so like, it still doesn't matter. It's not something you want to feel, though. I don't want to get slapped that, in the face with a fucking foam tombstone. Uh, that didn't seem that anyway the candy thing would have been a lot less egregious i mean i don't mind the candy thing like the double if it was just straight double bubble that would have been better because that would have mm-hmm. hurt and i'm all about hurting the other people um but would have been what would have hurt more to me and what i would like more much. what do i got coming what what kind of shoes do i got coming soon who the fuck knows you probably got candy corn oh yeah them things goddamn if you dumped a bucket of candy corn out there and slammed them on candy, I bet that shit would hurt. Like, well, no, they're they're pretty soft. I don't think so. No, they're not. You know, as what, an what avid hurt... candy corn eater, I promise you, and especially if you got the autumn mix with the pumpkins and shit in it too. Oh my god, no, you're getting fucked up. You're getting you know what hurt up. is goddamn tootsie pops. Them things are hard as fuck. Dum dums with the sticks. Now that might be too dangerous. <laughs> Maybe too... The fucking the fucking dum dum pops just sticking out of your back would be fucking hilarious. Uh, depending on how hard you hit them, obviously. I mean, and and then it, it looked a little bit weird because uh, Sheeta barely touched them too. Um, yeah. So that didn't help. But the overall match was great. I love that they used it. The, there was purple bats on the bat for Abaddon. She did the under the ring thing. Mm-hmm. She had the spawn gears, and then Sheeta had the fucking Wong gear, the Resident Evil Four gear on. She did the flying witch broom thing. That was cool as fuck. Like all they they utilized it very well. But the, they even had the jack o' lantern face painted on the fucking uh, on the trash can lid. Like I mean, I, it was just well done. Cobwebs all over the ring and stuff. It wasn't just like the stage was decorated and then we didn't do anything, which is a regular ass match. It wasn't you know was a Mountain Dew pitch black match either. Yeah, was- <laughs> exactly. Like yeah, exactly. So I thought it came off very well. I thought it was really cool. And Abaddon got to shine at least on Collision anyway. Um, so yeah, I'm happy for Abaddon, happy for, uh, a Halloween theme thing that happened on their closest show to Halloween. And of course we didn't even talk about it earlier, but Omega Street Fighter gear was pretty sick too. Mm. Yeah. You got anything? um, Uh, did you watch MJF's, um, post, uh, yes, I did. I watched it this morning right before I watched the Julia Hart Hey EW episode. Oh yeah. I still need to watch that. Um, Oh, I it's insane. And a J one. I didn't even fucking watch that one. The um, J one's okay, but this one is insane. Yeah. You don't watch the uh, Hangman one either? No, I watched the Hangman one. Okay. Man, he fucking he almost had Hangman spit that shit out at the end. Yeah. Yeah, he almost there, had him. It was great. There were a couple times it cracked him. Um Yeah, I I thought that the speech that Max gave at the end was a positive thing in wrestling in the sense that like it does show a lot of maturity and growth from where he was. Um at the point where he was, you know, screaming at Tony Khan that he's a fucking mark and walking out on pay-per-views or threatening to or whatever. Um, so, like, he's he's clearly grown a lot, not just as a as a businessman, but as a person. And, you know, some of that is probably because he did get his way to some extent and he did start getting paid what he's worth, apparently. And that's that's good, too. Um, but as far as him, him coming out and still saying, you know, look, I really don't know whether or not I'm going to stay signing here or not but like the opportunity to do stuff like this here i i can acknowledge i'm not going to get that anywhere else and uh that that does sway my opinion or whatever it was he said um and then kenny omega what he what he said afterwards also uh i thought it was just like a nice um 
it was a nice positive end to uh, Kenny Omega's streak, sort of in the sense of like, hey, like, I feel confident and comfortable having this company continue because of people like this who are so young and so talented and have so many more miles than uh, left on their bodies than I do at this point. Um, I just, I thought it was a very, uh, it wasn't exactly passing the torch, obviously, because Kenny Omega's still in a position where he could run the company at any time for two years, like a fucking two-man power trip by himself. Um, and everybody would find it believable and fine and, and be totally okay with the booking. But I thought that it did give a lot of insight into uh, sort of where MJF's head is at, and that seems like he's doing a lot better now, which I'm I'm happy for him. It seems like he's a lot happier there and less... Um, less feeling like he's unappreciated or underutilized and stuff. So it was nice to see him get some credit from Omega. Yeah. All right. My next one is the commercial bumper for the AEW World's Inn. I thought they did a great job of making that feel like it was a huge fucking show right out the gate. That mm -hmm. fucking commercial bumper for that, for that pay-per-view made it feel like it was supposed to be like WrestleMania. Like it was insane. I was yeah. like, I was actually hyped for it, and we don't even, we're not even close to it. We have another pay-per-view to go before we even get to it. I have no idea what the fuck's going to be on the show, but the way that they just said, like, did flashbacks of everybody that's come through this year and all the big matches that we've had this year and stuff, and it's all leading to this. It was, it was cool as fuck. And for me, I've always been a big proponent of having your biggest show of the year as your last pay-per-view. Like, I was a huge proponent of Starcade. Starcade yeah. was great. Like, it's, a, it's the same conversation we have with the rankings for PWI and shit, right? January to December. The Monster Awards are from January 1st to December, whatever the fuck our last show is. That's that's mm -hmm. it. Like, that makes the most sense. So it made sense when WCW ran Starcade in December. That was your WrestleMania. That was your biggest event. That was your Super Bowl. And it just made sense because the next year, January, we're starting fresh. It's it just easier to follow for fans and stuff. I don't know if that's what they're doing because Double or Nothing is viewed as their WrestleMania. But, uh, but we've had that conversation on the show before, too, where it's like, Really, they don't really have one because all four of their shows at the time when they were doing four a year, they all were fucking so spectacular. We've had how many revolutions where we're like, that was the best show of the year. How many Forbidden Doors? That was the best show of the year. And so it's, uh, it's not something you can really pinpoint, but I wouldn't have a problem with if they did start trying to do World's End to be the big one. Yeah. Um, seeing Roosh come back, it's positive. Nice to see him. It's surprising uh, that they turned the stable face, at least out the get. Uh, yeah, especially after how fucking brutal they've been to some other people in the past. But, I mean, I get it, though. It works for the anti-House of Black thing, so I'm fine with it. Um, Actually, that whole which, segment... Which the... makes sense anyway, because this is what we said that we wanted before when they were fucking with Andrade's mask and stuff. I was like, where the fuck is LFI? Yeah. Well, now also... LFI's there. Well, the weird part is, is that Andrade still is not attached to him in any way and actually had a fucking backstage interview with Rene Paquette right after that segment to talk about the CJ Perry fucking situation. Yeah. The um the other the other interesting thing too is that um it's they I will say this, they're doing a lot more like integration of it's kind of like the shit that we used to talk about like where it was like hey why the fuck are all these people just like backstage and know each other but they barely ever interact with each other outside of their own story arcs type stuff and now there's a lot more it seems like within the past month or two a lot more of like some random person just acknowledging that the other person exists they don't necessarily have to be involved in their program in any way but they're like um we're talking about like ruby soho and yeah sort of and like that well, they yeah. date in real life, but yeah, I get what you're saying. They have no connection whatsoever on TV, and now they've yeah. been now they've been crossing paths the last couple of weeks. 
Yeah, and it's like, hey, like that's right. These these are all coworkers. They will talk to each other if they see each other. And it's not. It does seem a little bit unnatural for them to never interact unless they're actually in a story program with each other, or whatever. So I, I have liked the um, that they seem to be doing that a little bit more lately too, because I remember us complaining about that years ago. So like, well, why the fuck can't they ever just like? Why does when somebody's getting beat up backstage? Why does it have to be somebody that or why does it have to be somebody that is already in that same program with them or whatever to come save them? Like that kind of shit. And I, I do feel like there's a little bit more of that going on now, which is nice. Uh, my last one is a twofer because I don't know if you're going to be able to come up with four, but I just remembered that I really wanted to talk about uh, this. I've got one. You've got enough to do two more or one more? I got one more. Okay. Then, okay. Then I'll just end it. Okay. Well, I'll go with Santana versus Ortiz. Fuck, that was my one. Oh, then you, you can do it. Go ahead. Santana uh, versus Ortiz. I, go ahead. I thought that the story that it's told brought a lot of uh, eyes to Rampage, aside from the people complaining that it was on Rampage because they don't fucking watch it, which is, again, stupid as shit. Like, you can't complain that it doesn't have enough good stuff that makes it worth watching and then fucking complain when they put stuff good stuff on there that's worth watching. The match itself was really good. Obviously, the result was the right result for the story they're trying to tell. Um, having Ortiz... Do you think that they go with the result where Ortiz comes out and says, hey, my shoulder wasn't down, so that they continue, or they think they, or you think they just end it? Honestly, they... It didn't seem like he was protesting the ending at the end or anything. Um, yeah, he was just not so, fist bump. Did you think it was weird? Okay, that aside, because, yeah, that probably wasn't supposed to happen. It just ended up being that way. I didn't know if they would just play off of it, though. Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing, obviously, is Santana was the one that reached out his fist, which is not the yeah. way that you would think that would have gone. Yeah. Based off you, the buildup to the story. You yeah. would think that it's more like, okay, like, I understand that you're good enough now to go do your own thing. Let me fist bump you. That's how you would expect it to go. Not Santana being like, hey, look, I told you. I proved my point. We're good now, right? Like, that that was actually an interesting uh, reversal. And Ortiz not accepting it, I thought, was also interesting, too, because you have to look at that, like, now he's going to doubt himself. Like, oh, shit, maybe I was the weakling. Maybe I was holding him back in some way. So he's not able to accept that yet. Yeah, I thought that this whole program has been really cool. Um if this is something that Santana wants to do and wants to go out and branch out and do his own singles thing, I feel like this whole program was a really good, like, launching pad to do that. Um, I'm a little bit worried about what they do with uh, with Ortiz now, because you can't just have him chasing after Santana forever in the storyline. Maybe it, it gives him some sort of motivation to go and, and try his own singles run or something. I actually think it would be a kind of an interesting little flip of the script, too, to have Ortiz come out of this like, fuck, like, Maybe I maybe I should be striving for more, do his own singles run. And then he actually ends up with a belt maybe before Santana does, and that causes them to to meet back up at some point down the line where well, I think they're I think they're teasing okay, so I still want Proud and Powerful to get back together. That's that's yeah. topic number one. Like let's get that out of the way. I hope this all leads to them just getting back together and finally getting those fucking tag titles. But mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting because Sanjay Dutt is the one that came out to talk to Ortiz after the match. So the clue yeah. they're gonna start trying to fucking recruit him into this Jeff Jarrett fucking stable or whatever right now i what i need is ortiz to start thinking that he needs somebody because he's not good enough to do it on his own and then santana comes out and be like don't do that shit do not fucking go with them and then you know that leads mm -hmm. into santana versus that stable because they always show up on rampage too so that's like a stable that is on rampage a lot so that would make sense for this whole thing to keep playing out on rampage and you could you could always do the spot too where it's like uh they're out there beating up santana and he comes out and makes the save but they're still not like on good enough terms to hug it out. Yeah, there's there's a lot of cool stuff they could do with this. Um, I I will say though that since kind of like Shield style where Rollins and Rollins and uh, Moxley were helping each other yeah. all the time, but then they as like, soon as they like everybody wants them to fucking 
put the fists out or whatever and they won't fucking do it and they yeah. fucking leave yeah yeah something like that yeah so their their animosity is still enough but they still respect each other enough to not let them get their ass beat yeah um the problem the only problem with that long term that i see is that if you if we really are trying to make a, a legitimate push for santana as a singles guy he does have to break away from the story at some point. You can't just have him always associated with his tag team partner. It wouldn't have worked if, like, the constant thing with, with Shawn Michaels was him just having over and over feuds again with Janetti either, you know? Which um, they did for a while, by the way. They did for a while, but, like, at well, some not, point... Well, actually, that would, be more, that would be more the reason why Majetti... Majetti. Majetti. Why? Why? Oh, shit. Majetti. Majetti. he got... Majetti couldn't break off with Shawn Michaels, so every time Majetti fought, it was a fucking thing with uh, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So it, they they would push Shawn Michaels, but not Majetti, yeah. and and then Majetti got lost in the shuffle, and they eventually you just had to put him with somebody else when uh, Al Snow came in as Leaf Cassidy and shit like that, you know, stuff like that. And then he just couldn't get out of his own way because then it was kind of like he always lost in the big moments and stuff. He had the one short IC title reign where he surprised Michaels, but after that was over. You don't want that to happen with Ortiz either. Like Ortiz right. is talented as well, so like you have to you have to view it from both sides. You don't want them to be unless the end game is them literally getting back together. Yeah. Then you need don't to hurry up and get this done them. at probably full gear, and then split off into your own ways. And you can do that with the with the Jeff Jarrett stuff too. You'd have them do the same beatdown spot, have them save each other a couple times, call themselves hey, like we're good. We're gonna part on good terms now. Clearly, still respect each other. We're just not the same. What if Santana same doesn't come out and help him, and it's somebody like a Mark Briscoe who's also had to deal with the Jeff Jarrett family in the past, and then you could put Mark Briscoe with Ortiz as a new tag team? They could be leaning toward that too. Obviously, with Jay passing, um, all that it it doesn't seem like they're primed to really give Mark like a big singles run. He is he's more of a tag guy. Obviously, I could see that being the case. Uh, he did come out and do the thing with uh, Kip Sabian. Also, Kip Sabian, another positive thing. He's um. He's it's so weird because some of the material they give him is such like dumb heel well, he shit. He buried the making... fuck out of that audience's sports teams. It was yeah. hilarious. That's what I'm saying. He just like, kept it's, going. It's typical like stupid. Oh, we hate your sports teams. Your city bad. Whatever. But the way that he does it is so. And then he's English it, on top of it, so you should be the last fucking... person talking about American sports teams. Like yeah. that's already going to piss people off even more. Yeah, that's funny. And coming out in the fucking the reverse long sleeve shirt. Oh yeah, I told I told Christina I wanted sleeves. one. I told Christina I wanted one. And I was gonna wear it. I was like, I gotta get ripped. As if I get ripped like a Sabian or a Jay White or a Finn Balor or some shit, I promise oh, yeah. you that's what I'm wearing out. I'm wearing oh, that, yeah. dude. Um, yeah, every day, every time I go outside, I'm, I'd be in the pack fit, just showing up in my goddamn. <laughs> You're under roots. Was, I don't think I've ever seen pack in real clothes except for on like um, up, up, down, down and stuff. That man is well, always. The, what was it? Uh, table for three. He was in real clothes on that. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, but no, he's. It's so funny how many backstage segments and press conferences and whatever the fuck leading up to everything, he would show up and just like straight up fucking ring gear. It's so funny. All right, um, let me get to. Uh, let me get to my last one here. Yeah. Uh, my last one is Speedball Mike Bailey liking my tweet oh. yesterday. He liked oh. my tweet because I said that um, they just made it real easy for me to pick my indie wrestler of the year for the Monster Awards because Speedball Mike Bailey will be going one on one with Matt Cardona. Mm -hmm. On GCW, I believe. Oh, so whoever wins is who you're So whoever wins is going to be my indie wrestler of the year because they're so fucking close. And yeah. I love that this match just came out of nowhere for to help me out. So I appreciate it. He liked the tweet that gives him a little slight edge too. So mm. uh, 
if somehow he gets screwed over in it, I might give it to him anyway. But uh, Matt Cardona, I believe, has won the last two years on our show. But yeah, if Speedball wins that match, he's getting he's getting it. I'm giving it to him. Fuck it. What do you mean get screwed over? Matt Cardona, it's not like he would cheat in a match or anything. I mean, yeah, okay. He's a, he's a well, Steph Atlanta, I believe, is still... I don't know if she's still out or not, but I know she fucked her up pretty good and she got... She was out for at least a couple yeah. weeks for sure. I think she is still Um Yeah, I... Uh, I... I don't. I didn't get a light tweet, but yeah, I will say that him, his star rising as much as it has over the last few years. Well, what um, what did didn't Meltzer just give him like a five, five rating with Osprey? Uh, probably yeah. Um, on because that we talked about it last week. Like that was the one match you that in the Trinity versus uh Mickey James were the two matches you definitely need to go out of your way to watch. Brian bound for glory. Five point two five. Even and he, I think yeah. Mike Bailey had said something about it being his. First five star match that he knows of, he said it's pretty cool. Even though he knows that people don't really, or people care about his ratings one way or the other, but he he thinks he it's said, pretty cool that he got five. Getting five point two five from a match at BFG is honestly pretty cool. We're the first match in Impact to get this high of a rating since Joe AJ Daniels, which feels insane. It's all very subjective, but the hope is that people continue to pay more and more attention to TNA because we're back. So right. yeah, happy for him. Good job. So that was my last one. Let's go to our last part of the show. That is the monster quiz. Oh, shit. Here we go. I was going to do it earlier in the show, but I've got it actually as part of my stream deck now, so it's a lot easier. We don't have to worry about the, the tech stuff anymore. Um, yeah, just don't forget you're on a little bit of a delay, so I'm going to have to... Before no, you're good. It. I'm going to read it out to you and everything. Give me a second. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, what am I looking for? I'm looking for something, though. Oh, your title. Your, uh, where the fuck is your title at? There it is. There it is. All right, so this is our 20th monster quiz. Oh, shit. Okay. You are 13 and 6 right now. Here we go. Okay. Question number 20. CM Punk has two world title championships for AEW, both with zero title defenses. <laughs> yeah. Which of these wrestlers have had two IWGP world title reigns with zero defenses? A. Jay White, B. Scott Norton, or C. Vader? All crackers. They don't like the Gaijin very much over there, just so you know. Well, I, if, if anything, I would imagine it was more related to. Um injuries right because they um they'll they'll make you vacate if you if you get hurt but i don't remember so you when you say no defenses you mean like they didn't even lose it in a defense it was just taken they like they lost it the next time yes oh like okay so no successful defenses okay i thought you meant like like cm punk like no match he just no 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 just zero just zero on the past You're muted. There you go. Okay. Say something. There you go. Yeah, you're good now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You said two times it happened? Correct. Um, Norton doesn't sound right. I'm going to, I'm going to 
disregard that one immediately. Jay White, every time he had it, I feel like he had at least one defense against Okada, which is how it became such a big thing that he was like, the Okada killer fucking Jay White. Vader, I know, had a few, like, in the late 80s into the early 90s even, maybe. I, I know he had a couple reigns. He's the only one I can think of off the top of my head that definitely... No, because he had successful ones before he lost it to um, Choshu. Because I think he beat Rika Choshu and then had defenses and then he lost it back to him. Um, fuck me. It's not Norton. There's no way it's Norton. Um, I'm trying to remember if there was any time Jay White didn't have at least one defense. Because he... I don't think he did. And back back when Vader would have been champion, they were booking it a little bit more back and forth. And I know I, I keep saying there's no way it's Norton, but I keep coming back to him trying to remember. But I, I I really don't think it's Norton. Jay White, Jay White, Jay White. I think even if Jay White had it happen once. There's no fucking way that they had him do that twice. There's, I don't remember any, any time. If I don't remember one time that Jay White got it and then immediately fucking lost it on his first attempt, there's no way there's two. So I'm going to say Vader. That is correct. It is Vader. You're now 14 and 6. Jay White only did it once. Scott okay. Norton did it once. Who was so zero defenses? Who did Jay White immediately lose? Was that right when he left? I don't fucking know. I didn't look at all that. I was just looking at IWGP World Championship reigns or whatever. Um, let me look. I don't even remember why I started looking at him, honestly. Can't remember why I started looking up. I was looking at I was on the Wikipedia for that, and then there's a section on Wikipedia where it has like this whole list of fucking People that had zero title defenses or whatever, so I took everybody out of it. There, there's actually more people that had zero on multiple reigns, like a Vader. But I wanted to put straight white dudes in the conversation. But Scott Norton only had it once, I believe, and he didn't have any title defenses. Jay White, they said, didn't have any title defenses on one of his defenses or one of his reigns or whatever. I don't know which one it was, or if he even had multiple. Oh, so title he defenses. apparently he he beat Tanahashi and then lost it to Okada immediately after at. Um, at G1 Supercard. I don't remember that, but okay. That's interesting. Well, there you go. You got it right. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I, I kept thinking about the Jay White Okada stuff, and I was like, was there ever a fucking time that Okada just straight up beat him once? Because it was such a big thing at the time that Jay White had Okada's number, because he kept constantly beating him every fucking time. So, yeah, I, I didn't think that that would have been the case, but okay, cool. But I, I knew there was no way it was twice. There was no fucking way. I wouldn't have forgotten twice. There we go. And I mean, and just so everybody knows, Vader had it more than those two times. So he actually did have some successful title defenses eventually. Yeah. <laughs> or sprinkled There's in there somewhere. Probably some in between rings. the two zeros. Yeah. It was probably um, against other white dudes like Stan Hansen <laughs> and shit. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, back in the day, they, didn't, they did not like the whiteies over there. I'm telling you. I promise well, you. the Gaijin, yeah, the Gaijin stuff in Japan has always been a little bit tricky in the sense that, like, oh, it's been a lot more forgiving for yeah. the modern. Shit. We've we've covered that before for sure. But well, that's the show today. 
Happy Halloween. Hey, everybody be safe on Tuesday if you're doing anything Tuesday night. Um, and remember, your kids are not going to get free drugs from people. No one's giving your kids free drugs. Um, also, um, don't forget, for every new subscriber for this month, all the way till next week when we do our show, next week we're going we're gonna to pop the fucking eight ball, figure out what the hell we're donating to the local Humane Society. You can still help out. All you have to do is subscribe to this channel for this next week. And you will help donate an item to the local Humane Society to help out cats, dogs, and the employees as much as we can. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, and what happens this week. Uh, there's a lot of shit going on this week. We're going to find out who MJF's three partners are on Dynamite to go against the Bang Bang Gang. That's going to be cool. It's got to be the acclaimed, right? Who the fuck else would it be? I don't think so. I think it's either going to be the elite, as mm. far as I think it's going to be Omega and the Bucks, because Hangman is involved in the Swerve storyline. Um... I think it'll be because of this newfound respect that Omega has for MJF. I think it'll be them three. And then my second guess would actually be all three of the dudes that were looking backstage because they don't want MJF to get his ass beat because they want to beat him and take the title because he's now the longest reigning world champion. So they want to have that claim to take the title off him. That would be Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, Samoa Joe. Meet, a meat team. Meat man team. Joe did say that he would help him out in exchange for a shot, so there you go. Maybe. So yeah, so if, if MJF still can't find anybody and he says, hey, I want all three of y'all, and I'll give you all a shot if y'all help me win my title back type deal if I beat Jay White at full gear two, you'll you all be the next ones in line. That'd be that'd be cool. But I think it's going to be Omega and the Elite, honestly. Yeah, um, especially with the backstage segment. with uh, I mean, I can see them actually putting Kenny in that. Who knows? Because uh, Kenny and, and Jay did have the little back and forth when they were doing the build-up stuff, the same thing that Callis was trying to talk to MJF in. Um, so, the, I mean, they could do something with that, too. Could be and he did books. mention Jay White after when he said he used to do his dirty laundry in the thing that you yeah. were talking about with MJF and <laughs> Omega after the show. So, I mean, yeah. the, the seeds are there, definitely there. So that's who I think it's going to be, but we'll see. And uh, we'll see what they do with Sting, obviously, because, you know, we have limited time with him now, even more limited than Danielson. Danielson actually did break his orbital bone and is going under surgery. That was not part of the storyline like a lot of people thought. He really got fucked up in the face. So now it's like, damn, we even have less time with fucking Danielson. Not happy about that. The people that thought that that was fake, I was immediately just like, no, you don't, you don't sell an injury to a face. That's, that's not, that's 100%. He just broke his fucking orbital bone. And I, I know this because it's the same. I've seen people get their orbital bones broken in MMA before. Like uh, Bob Sapp famously had his broken. Like it's, there's a, it changes the appearance of the face and like pre-swelling in a way that you're like, oh, okay, someone's like definitely fucked up there. Um, and when he was every time he would kind of pull it away to show the doctor or whatever, I was like, that actually looks it, the shape of his face looks different. I think he actually did break his fucking orbital bone. Um, and then with the awkwardness of the like end of the ring thing with random people just standing around, nobody really knowing like what they're doing, whatever. I was like, people kept saying, oh, you you don't know, Danielson always like does end of the show uh wrestling injury cells whatever i was like that's not you don't sell an injury to the face that's crazy that's not what that is and so. you would have to get that approved anyway because uh that's what they said for those new updated guidelines and it would have made no sense to just randomly sell that because it was not part of the story leading up to the match or anything so yeah there would be no reason to get that cleared backstage hey i need to sell my face at the end of this that makes no sense to, with anything in the match so yeah i agree yeah. um but anyway that's the show Thanks for watching, and you can check out the short forms of this show 
throughout the week because I'm off this week. I'm on vacation. Like I said, my birthday's on Tuesday, Halloween. Deuces. Hope you enjoyed it.